The sun has set as a weary, empty Joel leans on the porch railing, both hands cupping his coffee mug, which he swirls awkwardly. Ali stands beside him, leaning upright, unable to stand still, eyes staring ponderously at the railing. Neither can look the other in the eye as crickets chirp busily in the darkness. Small talk is no longer a part of this friendship. Look, Joel says after a prolonged silence, I have no idea what that girl's intentions are, but I do know she'd be lucky to have you. A pause. You're such an asshole, Ali says, holding back her tears. I'm not trying to, Joel starts, but Ali interjects. I was supposed to die in that hospital. My life would have fucking mattered, but you took that from me. Another pause as they both attempt to look each other in the eye, but as one tries, the other looks away. If, somehow, the Lord gave me a second chance at that moment, murmurs Joel, I would do it all over again. Finally, Joel meets Ali's gaze. After a few moments, she breaks the contact. Yeah, she starts. I just don't think I can ever forgive you for that. But I would like to try. Something washes over Joel. His breath quivers. His head drops ever so slightly, and years of guilt and loss suddenly lose their hold over him. I'd like that. His words are choked. They can't look each other in the eye again, not yet, but after all this time, there is connection once more. How you doing, y'all? Welcome back to the Rumble Pack podcast with your favourite best mates, Luke and Bill, as we take you along for this epic journey as we go above and beyond in our yarn about Naughty Dogs, The Last of Us, and The Last of Us Part 2. That's right, two games. Because guess what? This is our first ever mega episode. That's right, a mega episode. Every 10th episode, we will be bringing you special editions of the podcast where, unrestricted by time, we chat about only our most favourite games. And I mean favourite So, where better to start than this masterpiece of storytelling? Published by Sony Interactive Entertainment, The Last of Us series debuted in 2013 on the PlayStation 3, with a direct sequel released in 2020 on the PlayStation 4. An action-adventure-survival-horror hybrid, The Last of Us follows the brooding, cynical Joel and his young accomplice, 15-year-old Allie, across the United States wilderness 20 years after a deadly, infectious pandemic turned most of the population into zombie-like savages and ended society as we know it. From the outset, this series may sound cliche, but it is anything but. What we are treated to is a story of redemption, revenge, loss, hope, hate, but above all, family. Finding purpose and a hope to save humanity drive Joel and Ali along this perilous journey, and as the player, there is nothing you can do to stop yourself caring deeply about the well-being of these two almost perfect characters. It's gut-wrenching, it's thought-provoking, it's full of love, and it's fair to say we've been waiting months to bring you this episode. And, of course, it wouldn't be a mega episode without a mega guest with his own mega bottle of rum. Damn straight. And I wouldn't say mega, but he's okay. I guess my big bro and number one Last of Us fan, Tom, joins us. Jimbo, let's bloody rumble. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Here we are, episode 10, our first mega episode. Yeehaw! How damn exciting is that? Um, yeah, a mega. About The Last of Us. Should we quickly should we quickly just go over what a mega episode is? Yeah, yeah. You go ahead. It's every 10th, every 10th episode, and it's going to be mega. 
like the Megalodon shark. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk for as long as we want about our absolute favorite games, mm-hmm. game series, uh, like The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. This is going to be a double parter. Mm-hmm. So, expect something big every 10th episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, we decided to do mm-hmm. these two games at once because they flow so seamlessly into the other. Um, yeah. And how fitting is well, it? Oh, yeah. How fitting is it that we're discussing a game about a pandemic as our own pandemic locks us down again? Yeah, I know. It was only fitting that we went back into lockdown the week of recording this, wasn't yeah, it? I, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Nah. It's kind of awful. I miss you, Bill. Oh, I miss you. But I'll tell you who I'm not missing <laughs> after going up to his wedding in the Gold Coast a few weeks ago, your brother Tom, who joins us. Tom. Yes, he's here. Say hello. Hello, fellas. Hey, hello. How are we all? How are- <laughs> to welcome, to the, welcome to the Rumble Pack, the first Ooh, ever guest on the Rumble Pack. Yeah, well, it's such an honour. Hello to all the faithful listeners out there. Wait, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, uh, actually, say say hello to our uh, one listener from Algeria. Shout out to the Algerian listener. Oh. <laughs> Algerian listener. Wow. Hello to you, yeah, sir. Or yeah, yeah. That's we, we should shout shout that Algerian listener. If you listen again, hello. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Share it with the whole country. <laughs> I yeah. And I think, Luke, you have someone you need to shout out quickly as well. I do. Someone who's been providing us with the only the sweetest feedback that we could possibly ask for, and that is our yeah, it has been nice. That's our friend Lockie. Lockie, this is that shout out that I promised you all those years back when we were kids. <laughs> no, we didn't even know each other then. But thank you so much for your support this year. It's been great, and everyone else. Yeah, good on too. you, Lockie. Good on you. So we'll yeah, Lockie, our Monster Hunter episode, the absolute Monster Hunter theme that he is. No, it's different Lockie. Well, this is a, <laughs> this a is a different Lockie. Lockie. Oh. But if we but if we do <laughs> if we do a Monster Hunter episode, oh, no. <laughs> if, if we do a Monster Hunter episode, we'll definitely uh, get Lockie on because he'll know what to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and he won't stop talking. It'll have to be a bloody mega. Yeah, good good value those Lockies. <laughs> so yeah, we are on we are on Zoom. Right now, because mm-hmm. uh, in in Melbourne, in in Victoria, in Australia, we're all locked down again for for the week. Can't really leave our house or five k radius. So, if there's any awkward pauses or stuff ups, just understand that we're on Zoom. We're doing our best. Yeah, and if if Tom goes quiet mm-hmm. for a while, he might be having one of those old man naps. So just um, bear with us as we wake him up. We need a bit. Happens of will be trying to figure out how to to the best of us. He'll be trying to figure out how to put an applica- get an application going on a MacBook again for the fifteen minutes. <laughs> I thought we weren't going to talk about that. <laughs> this is what we just went through. <laughs> Before we start, should we uh, check out what we're drinking? Absolutely. So obviously, um, seeing we're all as- drinking differently. Yeah. Well, seeing as-, seeing as Will and I aren't in the same room, we're obviously. Um, hmm. We didn't want to just buy a whole new bottle just for one each <laughs> to get through for the week because yeah. in a seven-day lockdown, that's just dangerous. So, um, we're all going a bit different, whatever we had on hand, um, currently have on hand at the time. So, I'm actually just going back to Kraken because that's the one I have on hand and we've already reviewed that. So, Ooh, But you yummy. fellas have something new and Will, I think you've stepped away from rum for this week. Well, yeah, I've stepped away from the rum. I've stepped into the Jack Daniels single barrel Select Tennessee whiskey, uh, 45% alcohol volume from Lynchburg, Tennessee. It is really nice. Whiskey. Got onto this uh, th- through my dad, so thank you, Dad. Oh. Tom, do you mm. have anything to say about your dad as well? He's got a very, very nice beard. <laughs> 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 and what are you drinking? I have. Uh, I've got rum, so mm. I'm keeping up the tradition. 
uh, is from Beanley. As you pointed out, Luke, I am on the Gold Coast and uh, Beanley is a very close neighbour. Uh, so it's great stuff. Uh, handcrafted double cask Australian rum, it is. Oh, so, well. Uh, yeah. Ooh, yummy. Just from Beanley. Yeah, so we went Bundy yeah, this week and Beanley the next. We're all Australian. Yeah. Uh, Support the local. Very Australian. Mm. I'm still trying to recover my pallet from the Bundy. <laughs> it's been scorched. It was a bit of a scorched earth approach by the uh, Bundy on the taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. Nah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Well, little cheers to that. Yeah, cheers for everybody. Glasses up. Here's to uh, little, uh, getting out of the house. Virtual cheers. Days, okay? Yeah. Little uh, little clink yep, on the bottle. <laughs> Good as always. Yep, very nice. Well, I think we need to talk about a game. Yeah. So why don't we do that? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> you've got the, um, the game case there. So as is protocol, tell That's us what that first game is about. PS4 game case. The Last of Us remastered i've got in my hand this come in 2014 i believe the 2013 the game came out this is remastered on the ps4 back of the box reads the game of a generation remastered for ps4 in a hostile post-pandemic world joel and ellie brought together by desperate circumstances must rely on each other to survive a brutal journey across what remains of the usa well put. Short and sharp. Yep. That's all. Yeah. There's a few like features uh, on here, but that's basically the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So given that these um, these games follow Joel and Ali, who will obviously go um, explain quite a bit as we go, we figured it best to go through the, um, the structure of the games have set up already. So we've got um, the first game goes through the seasons, being obviously summer, autumn, or summer, fall, winter, and spring. And then the yep. second game follows a bit of a different um, day-to-day sort of um, chapter sequence as well. Yeah. And because we um, we stick pretty closely to the same characters, characters we thought we'd best um, just proceed through the uh, the chapters of the game and talk about how these characters evolve because, as as mentioned in the intro, this game is probably probably has the richest and most complex uh, character development. And um, I guess progression that we could maybe have seen in in video games. Personally, it certainly certainly would be close to. It is for me. Absolutely, yeah, it is for me, and that's why I guess that's why we got, especially why we decided to get Tom on board because this is um, well, probably your is it your favorite game series, Tom? I know the second one's your favorite game, but does that make the the series probably your your favorite? And given that you were never. I mean, as far as I was concerned, never hugely into single player games to like story games to this extent. This sort of did this sort of change your outlook? Yeah, this is certainly the the story uh, yeah. game that I I've seen you go for go the hardest for in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh I think until so I didn't play the first one uh until last year, about six months before part two came out. Uh and before mm-hmm. that I think Breath of the Wild would have been my favorite game without a doubt. Mm. Um, yep. But after that, or in uh, before the release of part two, I played the first game, obviously, uh, and I thought it was really good. Uh, but then after playing part two, it's that would be my favorite game 
ever. But then I think what made the whole package my favorite was the story continuing through. It's not really uh, the part two sort of finishes the story rather than being, it's almost not two separate games. It's kind of like one really long game. Mm. Um, yeah. So they I think once, each once I, yeah. So once I put the two and two together, it sort of made it my favorite package, I suppose, over anything else. And that's why, yeah. and that's why we have to, I think, talk about this in one episode because it's sort of um, the second game, uh, the first game as good as it was, it is actually made better by the second game, which is a really unusual thing to happen. Because yeah, you can't you can't talk about one without talking about the other. Um, yeah, you can't. And it's and that's it's, why it's <laughs> such a that's why it's such a special um, series, and why we obviously chose to do it. You know, use a mega episode on it because it's just so. Yeah. Um, oh, like I said, it's just so rich in character, and as we we'll, as we were all, um, you know, looking through different parts of the game through our notes, we sort of I think came to even more of a realisation about how heavy and um, just spot on the writing in this game is. Oh, yeah. It's such a journey. Mm. I mean, both games are such a journey, but I think particularly the first game is uh, is such a good good talking point because it, it takes place over so many months of real time and you really see the two characters develop and form such a uh, special bond and relationship. But that's, you know, that's what we're about to get into. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll we'll start from the top. Um, so, and this episode is going to be in two parts, by the way, you'll, which you'll notice in your um, streaming service. You'll see a, a 10A and a 10B. So, 10A is going to be yep. all about the first game. 10B will be about part two, as appropriate, obviously. So, game mm. one starts with a prologue, um, and it introduces <laughs> it introduces Joel straight up, and like. Through marketing and through the front cover of the game, we know that Joel is the protagonist in the game. Um, so he's recognisable yep. straight away. Um, he's a you know rugged, bearded, thirty or so year old uh, Texan wearing pain clothes, um, and he just yeah, and he's got a daughter, young daughter. Yep, he's got his daughter Sarah. Um, yep. and he comes to sit on the couch late at night, and she's wondering why he's wondering why she's up late, and he's just been on the phone to. Uh, Someone called Tommy, who we soon find out to be his um, younger brother, and he's just and he's told him, "I need this job," um, and it's a sort of I think very quickly sets the scene that he's a you know single parent, sort of just mm-hmm. struggling to make do. Um, but yeah, given that his daughter's up late to see him and she buys him gets him this special watch, which is a bit of a recurring motif throughout the game. Um, yeah, we know straight away that he's a very uh, caring family man. But yeah, absolutely. But we get a pretty good picture straight up of who he is, don't we? Almost instantly. Yeah, yeah, we do. Mm. It's uh, it's like yeah. I mean, just the start of the game, you don't really know that know the characters well enough yet, but you can see that he's a good person. Mm. Um, and you can see the the relationship that they have, which makes the fault the preceding events uh, so gut wrenching. But I think uh, just to start the game off, like just to set the scene, they. Sarah uh, picks up a copy of the newspaper uh, that they have in the house, a Texas Herald, which reads, Admitted, Admittance spikes at area hospitals, 300% increase due to mysterious infection. So, like, you've got, you've just got this lead-in of, or oh, something's definitely amiss, uh, something, <laughs> some shit's going down in this town or in this country or whatever, uh, and that, yeah, that really starts the game off well. And then we see Sarah waking up, the next, you know, later that night or 
or then it's close to the next morning and she's home alone. Uh, doesn't know where Joel is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think, um, yeah, because I think just before that, I know she falls asleep on the couch and Joel, in a really sort of nice touch, um, carries her up to her bed. Yeah. So, again, that sort of reinforces his um, the love for his daughter because it's very clearly just those two. Um, and so, yeah, they, they really put an emphasis on his bond with Sarah, who's only 12. Um, and, yeah, so, as you said, um, the ne- what we see next is Sarah waking up in the middle of the night. I think there's sirens going in the background or some crashing yeah, noises sounds right. yeah, in the neighbourhood. Um, and she's a bit panicked. You walk through. The- yeah. Yeah, she's pretty panicked. You walk through the house as her mm. and the game has this like really great use of uh, shadows in the darkness to really make her look really small and mm. alone and afraid. Yeah. Like the house is really dark. You can see her shadow sort of creeping up against the walls um, and she uh, yeah, she walks out th- throughout the house and then Joel comes busting in through the door. Mm. Well, because uh, he's absent. Yeah, she's she's looking for him. She's trying to find out yeah, where he is. Yeah, looking for Joel. Mm. Yeah, and she you can watch. She watches the um the news report on the TV in the bedroom, which is the same as the newspaper. You know, it's it, the, the news headlines on the TV are talking about what's happening. So she starts to get a little bit suspicious about what's going on, looking out the window and all that sort of stuff. Mm, yep. yep, yep, yeah. And Joel comes back in, uh, and you know he's freaking out. So, uh, I don't know, I don't know exactly what he says to Sarah, but it's basically like you know, are you okay? Is everything all right? And uh, Joel's one of his neighbors, Jimmy, crashes through the glass. Mm. Uh, and Joel gives him like every chance to, you know, change his mind yeah. before basically shooting him because Jimmy's uh, infected. We don't know exactly. At this point, we don't really know what, why or what's going on or what, what happened to him. But uh, yeah, Joel gives him every chance. Uh, so, like, he, you know, you can tell that he really has no idea what the hell's happening either. Like, this is such a quick outbreak that. Even even when he sees Jimmy literally bust through a glass window and come at him with blood on his face and everything, he still waits to the last moment to, uh, to shoot him. So he's a good man and uh, yeah, put in a really tough situation. <laughs> yeah, and I think his I think his absence from actually being home and Sarah wandering around it sort of um, and given that he was up late the night before, I think it still sort of paints Joel mm-hmm. as a bit of an enigma, like a bit of a nomad type um, man. Because uh, I think. Given that he's got the the Texan drawl, like his accent, it's really, um, which is always leaned on now for like being a real dramatic and masculine um, voice. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I, I guess if it sort of puts him in almost as like the sort of yeah Lone Ranger gunslinging sort of person for me anyway, especially because he's just got the um, yeah the real thick beard, and you sort of think he's gone. You think, oh, I don't, is he really like a good parent? Like, what's he all about here already? But and then he comes <laughs> rushing back in, and you think like, oh, yeah, of course. He just seems like someone who would, um, I don't know, be involved in, um, <laughs> I don't know, a calamity. <laughs> like he just, he just, he just, he just seems like someone who's going to be responding to that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, from here, I think Tommy arrives at the house. Is that correct? Um, yes. Yeah, he, he, pull, he pulls up in the driveway. Yeah, pulls up in the truck. Yep, uh, and they get going, and they're driving, you know, to get out of town or, or to just escape what's happening. And there's a family with a small child on the side of the road, and Joel makes the decision 
to keep driving, mm. uh, which I think, uh, you know, it's a sort of protector, protecting thing because he's so afraid. He just saw his neighbor turn into a zombie essentially. Mm. Uh, so, he's freaking out. He doesn't want to stop for someone, but he's pretty uh, quickly sent back to reality uh, when an oncoming car crashes straight into the side of him like karma, to, you know, a couple of minutes later. Mm. Uh, and then they're left without transport themselves and then they're running around, you know. So, uh, it's, you know, this, the whole scene is just bloody so traumatic and intense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's important to note as well that we're actually initially through this scene we're in playing as Sarah. So, we're sitting in the back seat of the car as uh, Joel and Tommy are in the front, obviously driving away. Uh-huh. They're talking about um, everything that's going on, you know, and obviously, obviously, we're adults. We can sort of, we get the picture, but because we're sitting in the back with Sarah, it's just sort of like, you know, it always makes you feel like the little kid again who's in the back seat, you know, while mm. the adults deal with the thing. Um, yep. And- yeah, we're just trying to comprehend what's going on. Um, the fact that these men are intensely concerned is also unsettling because um, we still haven't seen the, the actual, what the issue is besides Jimmy being a bit, you know, mm. maddened. Um, <laughs> but, well, yeah. Um, uh, but how, but also how um, Joel reacts to this out of control situation so competently um, with his brother Tommy, it's a sort of, um, really sets up this tough man. He's seen some, you know, some shit sort of character. Yeah. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, Sarah, yeah, Sarah I mean, must be not- freaking out too. Like in, she's sitting in the back watching Joel and Tommy argue as to whether or not they should pick these helpless people up mm. and not, she doesn't understand what's going on. And ultimately they, they maybe in her eyes abandon these people. Well, yeah. So it'd be pretty, uh, pretty hairy situation for a 12 year old. Well, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. They, they, yeah. She wouldn't, and that's that's part of the being in her eyes. It's not as if we all of a sudden forget what things mean because we're adults playing as a kid, but we sort of realise, oh, she's not going to have any understanding why they've just left these people to die. Yeah. No. It's, um, it's, it's heavy from the start. <laughs> These guys are so heavy <laughs> oh, yeah. from the start. Uh, I think all the decisions that are made in this uh, sequence by Joel are sort of telling of, you know, his character and his resolve to, uh, you know, he has to do the right thing as we talk about the game as it goes on uh, with him and Ellie. Like, he, as much as he is hurt by the past and he doesn't want to get involved, he, he knows deep down that he has to do these right things. And I think these these uh, decisions he makes in the start of this game uh, are what would drive, you know, what would drive any guilt that he has to have to take Ellie. So, mm. uh, I think it's safe to say him driving past that family uh, is probably a pretty telling moment for something that he did in the past that he needs to, you know, work towards doing better in the future when he gets the chance with Ali. Yeah, yeah. this um, this opening sequence, it doesn't just set up the, um, the lay of the land in terms of the pandemic and everything. It, put, it, it tells us so much about um, what, you know, why Joel is who he is when we get to the actual, um, I guess, the main storyline yeah. after this prologue. Um, so, well, I guess from there we, yeah, if we're running, th- we're driving through the city, uh, through the town. Um, Joel, yeah, Joel ends up, you end up taking control as Joel as you're carrying Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. 
after having a car accident. Well, there's people. Yeah, there's people in the um like CBD just running riot like all over the place. There's cars crashing. There's cars like there's stuff on fire because people are just going absolutely bananas. Mm. Uh, yeah, and you know, you, 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 real quick. Yeah, you have to you have to walk through, run through as Joel with Sarah in your arms, and there's literally infected and other people running in every direction. You're busy, you're literally just bouncing off them like a beach ball at a Nickelback concert. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, and you just not a Parkway yeah, concert. It, it's, will? It, it, it's super intense. Well, no, beach. <laughs> Seen that you, you didn't you didn't keep that. Oh, did you keep no. that? No, I was trying to keep that. And you grabbed it. Or so I punched just, it away. Just get rid of it. And you grabbed it and threw the ball away. I had it pinned against the front bloody fence, and you got rid of it. That was definitely year ten. You. He tried to. He tried to keep a beach ball. It was getting bounced around at a Parkway Drive concert, and I just said no, nah, and I just punched it off into the distance. <laughs> Dick. Um, yeah. So anyway, we get through. We get through this sequence, uh, and Joel. Uh, they get to a point where it's basically, you know, Tommy will hold will hold the door for them while Joel and Sarah can get away because obviously Sarah's the main priority. Um, so we leave Tommy there, uh, and then we 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 walk down a down a hill towards safety towards a bridge, and we're met with like a soldier, some sort of uh, uh, I don't know what would it, what would it be like a, oh, a some um, sort of corpse? Yeah, just a, a just an army militia. Um, Security. Yeah, he looks sort of like a SWAT team sort of dude. Can I? Can, yeah. Can I just say as well though, le- just quickly leading up to this moment, um, we've got in playing a in waking up as Sarah being lost and obviously being close with her dad getting this watch. And she wakes up. He's not there. She's sad. She finds him again. Then we're in the back seat. She's scared. And then he has to carry her. She's mm-hmm. very much the um, the focus of all care in this yeah. in this prologue. Like she's the mm-hmm. she's the precious cargo almost, understandably. Yep. As a kid. Yeah, of course. So, mm-hmm. conti- sorry, continue where you. Oh well, you know. <laughs> he runs down the. He's sort of jogging out of the hill, and he sees a soldier, uh, see a SWAT dude, and it's uh, it looks like it'll be freedom, but the soldier uh, is essentially ordered to ordered to shoot civilians on site, whether they're infected or not. Mm. Because at this point they have no um, idea who's infected, and they don't know. Yeah, how to they tell. don't know who's who, and it's it's breaking out so quickly. So it's just he a, didn't want to do know, it really, either, ultimately. No, he didn't want to. He didn't want to do it. He does say there's a child in back in the radio, um, but he has to he has to do what he's told, and uh, yeah, that because they don't know what they're dealing with, and uh, yeah, he just he starts shooting, and Joel, you know, that, Joel tries to take cover for her, but ultimately Sarah uh, takes takes the hit and. In extremely sad circumstances, passes away. Mm. Uh, it's just awful, yeah. awful beginning. That's the beginning of the game. Mm. And, <laughs> and just before we see that she's been hit as well, we um, Tommy comes in late and shoots the soldier. Yeah, shoots the soldier because yeah. the soldier's about to kill Joel. Mm. And we're thinking, yeah. And we're thinking, oh, that's good. Tommy dealt with the soldier. It's it's all good. Um, and that honestly, yep. even just Tommy shooting the soldier sets the tone for the brutality of this game. But the death of Sarah mm-hmm. as a result of the open fire um, is really heartbreaking, especially um, um, seeing, of you know, as expected, Joel's reaction just completely in shock. Um, and yeah. I think this is probably the very the first time 
because Troy Baker plays um, Joel, and he's um, oh, he's easily my favorite um, voice uh, voice actor. But he's more than a voice actor; he does motion capture and everything now. But um, he mm. just uh, nails this scene. It's just so it, just to see him um, all alone suddenly. Like even though Tommy's there, you can just see that Joel's defeated in that moment, as he would be losing a child. Yeah. Um, and uh, to be honest, it's just a, it's a feeling that just doesn't leave you for the entire playthrough of um, both games. Um, the scene's been set, and it's and so is Joel's struggle. Is this on par with or sadder than the uh, beginning the, uh, of Ori, or in the Blind Forest? I don't. I don't because that's yeah, this, uh, a tricky question. I, I think um, I would put the Ori opening as my favorite because it's everything. But um, I think because yeah, this is all, but we never get it. This is basically all uh, all negative. It is it, like it's all going yeah. downhill. At least in the Ori opening, and there's like a really nice montage of them building a village together and whatnot. This is just all <laughs> negative, <laughs> and we get a chance to actually, at actually recovering from that. We get answers. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, you're honestly, right. uh, and obviously, Sarah can't be brought back. Um, and no, it's just uh, I think it's more final. This is definitely the more miserable one. Um, Ori yep. is just a more beautiful all round. <laughs> I wouldn't say this is yeah. beautiful. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's just so sad. Like even watching it back to do my notes, I was getting a bit teary just seeing Joel be so upset. You know. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, and and um, any last comments well, before we move on? Can, oh, can I actually just say um, I'm really glad that we played this um, recently. Uh, I played I played them both th- uh, this year, um, but I'm really glad that we've played this as adults who, you know, can actually connect with um, things emotionally, um, and <laughs> even even ad- you know even admit it uh, because if we had to play this in 2013 when we were just out of um, we're just out of school. Tom, you're a couple yeah. of years out, a couple of years above us, but I, I don't think we had that. Um, I don't know that sort of sensitivity with these things that would have affected us. No, we, I'd we, imagine there'd not. be a lot of uh, thirteen-year-olds that would have seen Sarah dying just go, "Nah, let's move on and start <laughs> shooting some zombies." Yeah. Oh yeah, we were nineteen, but yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, if, if we were, if we were, you know, if we did play it. We were young earlier on. I oh, were. We were basically 13 and 19 anyway, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know we, weren't, we, uh, were, we weren't adult men- mentally, that's for sure. No. We still are. But, uh, hmm. I'll just say before we before we move on, in the uh, after what happens, in the there's a sort of an opening credits section uh, and there's news reports during the opening credits to state that the vaccination tests that they were running had failed to stop the spread. Um, and then it also mentions that a group called the Fireflies has risen up. That's yeah, easily uh, missed that too. Yeah. There's a lot of important yeah. information there that you could really, you know, look away at your phone because the credits are rolling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I look honestly. I don't even know if I caught that the first time. I think when I was watching it back the other day, I was like, "Oh my god, mm. Mm. makes so much sense." So yeah, the <laughs> vaccinate. They tried to do vaccinations and they uh, they they failed, and the spread just it got too large. They couldn't control it. So yeah. That was the end of that. Mm. Um, well, Tom, how do you think that that intro? How important do you think that entire prologue is until is to the both games? Uh, uh, extremely. Um, uh, I won't, you know, go into the same thing as you guys have said, but ultimately, it 
uh, explains a lot about what we'll obviously get into with Joel's occupation and what he what he does before he gets uh, before Ali is in the picture or even um, even further down the line in, into the second game. It sort of explains the ultimately his daughter was murdered by a government official. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't exactly carry out the rest of his life as a law-abiding citizen. Mm. So it's <laughs> he seemed like a pretty happy sort of dude at the very start with Sarah on the couch with the watch, but it, it's it, it's completely flipped a lot from yeah. there. You're right, actually. I, mm-hmm. That's something I didn't think about. It's, it sort of really sets him up as an anti-establishment sort of character, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, he doesn't have much respect it's, for. It's important for a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which is which kind of makes it a bit strange that he's not uh, that pro Firefly either, because they're they're sort of running underground against the authority, and he's sort of not really into that as well. Yeah, but uh, don't know. Comes I think back he's to just, the Lone think, Ranger, as Luke said before. Well, I think he's, he's just he's just too burned. He's just too mm. burned by society and and what happened. Yep. That I think he's just stuck. He's just stuck on his own. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but yeah. So we go. It leads us into summer. Yeah. So this leads us into the summer um, chapter or act of the game, and this is twenty years later that we fast forward. Um. So we're in Boston, <laughs> coming up from Jesus, Texas. Twenty years. Yeah. I know. Yeah, massive so jump. <laughs> yeah. How How old is this guy? <laughs> he was early early thirties. Mid thirties to start with. And now he's now he's mid fifties or early fifties. Um. Yeah. So we're now we're Holy in Boston. Crap. Um. Obviously. 20 years on after a um, pandemic's hit. That's very um, post-apocalyptic. Everything's pretty overgrown. We've yeah. got quarantine zones, little areas controlled by the army and um, everyone sort of has a role to play, but it's also very much a Wild West sort of setup, especially with Joel, as we learn. That he just yeah. sort of does his own thing and smuggling and whatever. Um, well, yeah, but- there's like, you know, there's, there's just so much going on underground. Like people have even made holes through buildings and secret tunnels and passageways to do business without the government uh knowing like it's all it's just full on uh post-apocalypse uh you know uh work for yourself Free for all. yourself only kind of set up yeah yeah there's a, there's a couple of lines really early on that sort of um make that really clear like when they walk when you when you first take control as, as you walk out of the sort of underground building um after you pick up your backpack or maybe it's just before sorry uh but you walk out onto the, like a main street and there's all the people lined up um, for to get some food, uh, and then there's the security guard beaten on a guy on the street, and mm. um, I don't remember if it's um, Joel or Tess, but one of them said they must have did it's pretty early in the day or something like that to run out of rations because they've closed up the shop. Mm. So it's mm. uh, the desperation would be high if people can't even get food. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, hugely. Yeah, and so well, Joel's going about from the start. We can see that Joel's. So Joel's pretty much just going about post post apocalyptic survival, like it's like he's doing business, you know, like it's just a big wave, you know, it's just the one big um, way. What's it called? A lifestyle. It's just the business, and what you do is just uh, how you um, how you survive is ripping people off, <laughs> just doing what you need to. Um, but it, <laughs> in the opening scene um, as well, he he awakens from a nightmare, uh, presumably, you know, of the prologue, which we've just. Um, Played through. Um, yep. He's grumpy and he's short with his friend Tess who, who rocks up straight away as well. And he's very cynical. And she says to him, mm. he was asking about why she was, she, I think she she did a job or, you know, he asked her where she's been. 
and he's annoyed that she, he didn't go along and she just says, you wanted to be alone, remember? Um, so we now know exactly who Joel's become. The, this reclusive Lone Ranger, he, he seemed to be yeah. heading towards, if he didn't have Sarah, his daughter in the first place. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty clear he's resorted to becoming a dodgy dude, devoid of all emotion, evident to some, as Tom, as you said, Tom. Um, yeah, there's NPCs in the quarantine zone um, getting, you know, beaten up and he's not uh, exactly rushing to help them. Um, and also we have... No. Um, we also have it's someone... It's just a normal way. It's just what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we know, and yeah, exactly. Um, and people are questioning his actions. You know, that I think he's walking through a bus with Tess, and someone stands up to confront him, and they say, "Oh, they go, oh yeah. wait, he's with you, yeah. Tess." Sorry, and you think, oh, yeah, nobody really trusts. Yeah, well, bike. that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually walking into the Firefly compound. Mm. Yeah, and a guy just steps out and says, "You know, what the where the hell are you going?" And Tess just says, "He's with me." The guy goes, "Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah." So Tess has got some serious uh, pull. Hmm. Somewhat, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think the start of the games, uh, yeah, it really shows how the world's become. I think they, they, their main mission to start the game is that there's a guy named uh, what's his name? It's uh, Robert. Robert, who the who they're they're seeking out because they basically stole all of their weapon weapons and ammunition mm. and stuff like that. So they're going on to, to find him and. Uh, they 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 go down to the checkpoint because they're like, oh, well, we'll just go the easy way around. We'll just walk through a checkpoint, and uh, as they go to the checkpoint, this firefly. I'm assuming, I don't think they actually he actually know, but there's like a big sort of convoy that just busts up into the, um, into the crossing point, and it's just a big explosion and everything. So they're pulled to go underground, and that's where we see, uh, you know, we see all the underground tunnels, and we see all the the groups and people living down there doing all their trading and uh, it's yeah it's just a good setting of the scene the, this first bit I think it's yeah it's pretty telling of the game and the way the world's become yeah and we see firefly um, symbolism and graffiti up on the walls and and yeah. the fireflies for background as well are the basically the I wouldn't say anarchist group um, but they're almost like the civil rights act- activists who are trying to fight against the government mm. control Um so they're they're the underground group that sort of yeah run all these you know smugglings and you know blowing up the the army convoys and all that sort of thing because they're trying to almost rest, wrestle back control to the um to the people yeah well well because you know because they're standing up against the government they're not necessarily getting uh you know getting access to rations and and supplies like normal people would so they're having to uh, bust in and steal things so like they you know they come across as the villains but they're uh, they're activists that are fighting for the right things for everyone to be equal, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, they would think so. Federally, yeah, the, so they know, the government officials so, yeah. would, would uh, well, clearly have a very different idea. Mm. Uh, and I think that they think, you know, when you read all of the different letters you can pick up, the federal guys think that they're doing the right thing. That becomes more obvious in the second game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so it depends who you ask, I suppose, as to who's um, who's on the right side. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> mm. doesn't Joel's... Um, yeah, Texan drawl really um, shine now that he's in this sort of Wild West landscape. Doesn't it? It, <laughs> yeah. just, it just yeah. really stands out. It does. Stands out, yeah. It just makes him so, um, I don't know, I, I honestly love it. It's just that it seriously adds so much drama and almost mystery, but a real like masculin- masculinity to it as well. But it, it, 
And that's mm. but that's the that's the whole this whole journey the whole journey of the game. It's as much about us trying to actually crack the egg that is uh Joel. <laughs> we we just we just want to know we just want to know what he's feeling and get him to talk about his feelings. But <laughs> he's just such a he's just such a hard nut. He just um, yeah struggle to get much. It takes of that. a while, but we get there eventually. Even mm. not in summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think some of the you know this early part of the game when you're going through to find Robert uh, or even afterwards trying to find Marlene. I think it's one of the things you do in this game a lot is you help you've got a companion character with you usually well obviously because of Ellie but there's other ones and you help boost your allies up and down platforms and I think this simple it's such a simple act and like obviously lots of games do this but for some reason in this game because of the dialogue that's going alongside their journey the boosting up and down uh, it really makes you care about the allies I think you like yeah, you know you're really working towards for each other I think in this first part, I think without that test would just be a just be a random person. But because you can see her and uh, her and Joel really working together, uh, you tend you start to care about her pretty quickly. Mm. And and it's not just Joel being the big tough man doing it. Like the very first time you do it is Tess jumps up and pulls you up. In, yeah, um, Tess reaches down before for him. you come out. So they actually seem like a team. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's it. Yeah, and that's a good point because it's um it's very much a survival in numbers. Sort of environment, yeah. Um, and yeah, so you need your allies. Yeah, and it's a and it's it's a slight. It's only a small, um, a very small minor detail that we're used to um, now. Or well, obviously, this came out eight years ago originally, and um, it was with um, Bioshock Infinite, which both came out in 2013. This was the real mm-hmm. first real companion centric game. Um, and we get heaps of that now, but we just actually hearing it, uh, actually seeing it, um, yeah, working with an NPC is actually is really huge to setting the mood of how you feel about the game. So that's why we weren't playing uh, the last time in twenty thirteen. Still playing Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's where our minds were. It, it, that was essentially the. It was essentially a um, um, versus. I remember looking at the like the the uh, the game awards for that year and seeing Last of Us beat Infant. And I was like. Damn it! I was like, "Damn you!" Last of us. I, was, I almost didn't play it out of protest. Yeah, I mean, we had three sixties anyway, of course. But yeah. Uh, yeah, good games in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you do in this first act as well, on your way, uh, on your way to the fireflies, is you have your first uh, experience being in like a building basement where there's lots of spores active, lots of uh, yeah spores and I guess smog or like layer of smog and stuff that, you know, it's really claustrophobic. They've got to wear masks because they can't breathe it in. They'll, it'll kill them or they'll, mm. or they'll push them to turn or I'm not so it's sure. Like, it's, like a, it's like a fungal It's like a fungal disease. So, there's there's spores and they yeah. release the, yeah, literally the, the basically the pollen of the fungus. And if they inhale it, they, that's how they get infected. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see how bloody thick it is. Like, you know, we're not up to alley yet, but then we'll talk about it later on. But I think, you know, this early part of the game, you really, it's like, it's thick, thick spores mm. uh, and you can, it's just hectic down there and it's so quiet, so quiet, it's really dark, you can just hear the sound. The zombie, the infected in this game, they do in part two as well, but I thought in particular in part one, they, you can really hear, hear them like tremoring and uh, panic, like being uh, uh, like 
I don't know what the right word is. Like tortured almost. You can hear them around. The, yeah, they're like suffering. You can mm. hear them mm. like weeping. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, God, it's so awful in this game. Mm. It's just so damn awful. I think in part two because there's more human-based villains, uh, villains, enemies. You don't hear it as much, but in part one, it's, oh, jeez, it's it's really hectic. Yeah. Especially yeah. early on when you're tiptoeing around not wanting to get caught <laughs> while you're still trying to get oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, when you play a game like this for the first time, you're such a, you're such a um, wussy when it comes to these sections. You don't want to go near <laughs> anything. Yeah. So, like, you, you're just tiptoeing and uh, crouching around the walls and you can just see them, you know, standing there flipping out because uh, a lot of them are, especially clickers are, uh, clickers are blind, but they can hear you mm. and they have this awful, awful clicking sound. Uh, that they do and they're just standing there just you know it's uh, and they bark I, I think when people yeah yeah I think I think when people think about The Last of Us you don't really and us too probably you don't really think about these se- uh, se- segments between the story because the story is not is not really about the infected is it the story is about you know a sort of father and daughter kind of relationship and the these parts in between are actually so intense to play. Mm. The gameplay is mm. like so, yeah. uh, so deadly. <laughs> you never once feel and like survival's that- easy. No, nah. no, nah, not at all. The early, that early, the early on section when you're first going to those rooms that like you're talking about, Will, it, without realizing it's 20 years of of uh, neglecting or the the result of 20 years of conceding defeat on on fixing this problem. So it's. Mm. Every single building you go into outside of the quarantine zones are all overgrown and smoggy mm. and filled with yeah. infected people. Like it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> how's um? Yeah. How's Winston going? By the way, Will. I think you better introduce Winston to the family. <laughs> Just quickly. Uh, I don't know what he's doing out there. For God's <laughs> sake. Uh, I I heard it before. I got a I got a puppy named Winston, and I. He's ten weeks old. Cocker spaniel. He's out, he's, he's out in the in the living room. He's cocker spaniel. Yeah, big uh, flappy ears. He's currently out there making an absolute ruckus, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but, you uh, played hopefully... the, uh, the Last of Us last week and wants to come in and have a chat about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, look, he's been he's been there for a lot of the ride for Batman lately in Resident Evil Village. So if we do a podcast about that, I'll get the special comments for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, hopefully he's he's all right at the, out there. No, he's, all, uh, he's all right. He's a welcome addition to the family. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you could hear him because I was looking at the sound waves and it wasn't really picking up. But <laughs> no, he's all right. That's, that's nice. Um, no other game has gives me such a sick feeling uh, when you watch your character, like so you're playing as Joel or, you know, we'll talk about it in part two as well with Ellie. It's probably even worse there. No, no game gives me such a sick feeling when you're watching your character choke an enemy out. Yeah. Than this game, it's so bloody drawn out. Like it takes so mm. long to get them down there, and that you can really see the enemy really struggling. Oh man, it's mm. really awful. Yeah, well, especially when you're actually sickening. moving the camera around trying to see where the next one is. But then ultimately, all you end up doing is focusing the camera on the infected that you're choking's face, and it makes it ten times worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> It's actually terrible. Yeah, and on and on the way to um on the way to finding Robert, Joel and Tess fight essentially like three waves of human uh, enemies in different locations, and 
you do a lot of sneaking around and a lot of choking, and it's uh, <laughs> you learn pretty quickly that these guys are, you know, it's 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 all business. They'll do anything. They'll they'll just kill. It's it's a pretty psycho world. This game is. Yeah, it's brutal. It's ter- terrible. Because there's other post-apocalyptic games out there, but I don't think any any of those games have the, um, I don't think in any of those games the characters have the desire to just kill others if they need something mm. like this game. <laughs> yeah. It's another it's another level of um, almost like human connection in this. Um, mm. oh, oh, it's almost human disconnection actually. Like it's just sort of mindless. But yeah. Um, as we as we'll see as we progress through both games, every single thing just about weighs in on the character on the character on each yeah. character. It's 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 really it, you know it's heavy for us, but we can it's because it's heavy for the character and they they actually convey that so well. It's not like we're just getting um, yeah slammed with a gruesome violence and you know it makes us sick in the stomach. It's actually what that act of violence does for the character that makes us you know, will will affect us. Um mm. and, and there's key points we'll definitely be touching on as we go. Um it just it just gets um it just gets so heavy but you just you just can't stop. Oh, it does. You just, once you're in, you're in. There's no um oh, I can back out because you just <laughs> you you want these um you want the characters to survive this thing. Yeah. Um mm. and um particularly when you meet uh when you meet Ali. Yeah, well that I think at this point happens just after if there's this, any yeah. point where yeah, if there's any point of the game where someone could uh, quit, stop playing, uh, it's now because you haven't met Ali yet. You've just got Joel and, and Tess and you sort of half know them and you just, uh, you know, you're coming up against uh, spore-filled basements that are scary and then waves of, uh, <laughs> you know, Firefly or whatever enemies on the top that you got to choke out and brutally murder, so... If there's any jumping out point, it's now. If you stick around for another 10 minutes in the game, you'll never leave. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, basically, you know, Joel and Tess, they find Robert. And uh, again, to say how sickening this game is, they are absolutely brutal to Robert when they find him. They bloody mm. break his arm and kick his face in like crazy. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Makes you uh, uh, realize uh, why that dude in the um, in the bus was so nice when uh, Tess showed up to let Joel through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and then they just—I uh, don't even know if he gives them the information. I'm pretty sure he doesn't, and they just kill him anyway. Yeah, that's the way the world works. Yeah, because Marlene shows up after, but and then she says, "Oh, I needed him" or something like that. Marlene being, <laughs> yeah, needed, yeah they, him, needed him alive. Yeah, but Marlene's the leader of the Fireflies. Yeah, yep, yeah. yeah so Robert and, and his she- crew weren't actually Fireflies; they were just other other bad guys, bandits. No. Oh, okay. Sorry, my yeah, bad. Yeah. So those waves of enemies on the way were just gangs, other gangs, whatever. Yeah, just other bad dudes. Okay. Yep. Fair play. All right. Well, yeah. You meet Marlene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, uh, I don't remember the circumstance of what she said, but she basically she knows where the weapons are, and she has a job for them to get them. Is that right? She just says, you know, if you do something for me. Mm. I'll I'll give you the I'll tell you where they are, uh, and she takes you all the way back to her room where she lives or where she's hide where she's hiding out or something, uh, and we meet a little girl named Ellie. The package. The package. Needs, Who is the package? Needs yeah. To be delivered. 
um, in exchange for <laughs> yep. the um, exchange for the weapons that Joel and uh, Tess want. Yeah, yeah, um, and they they quickly uh, they quickly thrown together. Joel and Ellie. Yeah, she's she's lippy. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's yeah, she's lippy. she's lippy. She's savvy beyond her years. She seems like a you know she's tougher than us. That's for sure. Um, and she's mm. and she's fifteen um, at this point. Um, yeah, and we know straight away that Joel's going to have his handful, hands full. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't. Joel didn't want to know about it. No. He tried to get out of it. No, and he can almost no, talk no, well, both it. of them. Both of them want out of it. Ellie immediately says, well, uh, Marlene says, you're going with him. And Ellie says, that's bullshit. I'm not going with him, like straight away. Uh, <laughs> neither of them want anything to do with each other. No, and I and I know it's it's for two different reasons as well. Ellie doesn't want anyone to care for her because, um, you know, as we, as we sort of learn throughout, it's more... Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll learn. We learn later why she doesn't want people to sort of care for her, why she doesn't want to depend on people. But at this point, we can just see that Joel's almost hesitant because he doesn't want to have to um, be stuck caring for someone because of yeah, what happened yeah. to his daughter. We, we can straight away just see that this um, having a having a girl that reminds him of his daughter is just a big no no. Um, yeah, of it, course. It, it, it doesn't take much at all to see it. I think every yeah everything he all of his decisions and all whenever he acts in certain ways the I think there's always a deeper meaning like it could you know on the surface level it could just be like no nah, I'm not doing that it's too dangerous but in reality he's uh you know he doesn't want to have to be involved with in caring for somebody hmm. because he's so burnt by what happened 20 years ago yeah uh, and he's probably never cared for anyone in 20 years so he doesn't even know how hmm. uh, so it's yeah. It's funny. It's a funny dynamic, those two. Yeah, and as and as you said, um, from here, good luck ever tr- trying to actually um, get out of playing this game because this is where the intrigue really kicks in, um, and we're trying to well, and yeah. we're trying to figure out what's so special about Ellie. And as Ellie, it's that classic. Sorry, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, um, it's because soon after, um, Ellie says, oh, "I'm not supposed to tell you why you're smuggling me if that's what you're getting at." To which Joel replies that he couldn't give two shits. Why? Um, yeah, yeah. And you sort of think, <laughs> oh, okay. It's sort of it's pretty important because even Tess doesn't know. Um, Tess just you know says, oh, yeah. who are you, some rich person's kid or something? Um, it's, <laughs> it's that classic uh, like uh, you know two characters that are complete opposites thrown together kind of style um, story, where yeah that that drags anybody in oh yeah um <laughs> certainly dragged all of us in straight away but, it's like these these fools are going to kill each other <laughs> but the um the back and forth between the two of them though is gold from like the outset um and this yeah. is where the talent of yeah voice actors uh troy baker and ashley johnson who she, um, ashley johnson plays um ali this is where they um mm-hmm. really begin to con- oh, of course they begin to connect because it's the very start um of their relationship or friendship um but they only get better and better um, with every single scene that we see them in, yeah, for sure. But this is easily the weakest part of the game, and it's only because <laughs> we haven't <laughs> yeah. met them both yet. Um, yeah. Well, I think jumping, I think just jumping a tiny bit ahead. I think uh, that night, I don't know exactly where they are, but Joel and Ali, uh, they they're in a like a they're in a room and they're going to sleep. Uh, actually, is. Yeah, yeah. So they're in like a they're in a room, and Joel is like, "I'm going to sleep. Do whatever you want, basically." Mm. And he wakes up, 
and they have their real sort of first moment together where the you can see some slight intrigue in each other. Ellie has been watching him while he sleep while he slept and uh showing she uh she sort of shows signs of her rage and says he couldn't get it any worse out there, can it? Because she's been looking out the window, and you know, you know, a young child would say that looking for answers. And Joel's a mature, fatherly man, uh, and she's you know asking that because she feels comfortable around him somewhat. And then Joel immediately replies, "What the hell do the fireflies want with you?" So the like the intrigue is there, and the connection begins at that moment mm. where they're slightly interested in each other's story. Yeah, yep. Um, you know, Ali's looking for like a companion parental figure because uh, we don't know at this point that she's also been burnt a lot by things in her past uh, and then you know some of Joel's fatherly instincts instincts start to kick in mm. uh, and that's yeah that's where the story really kicks off with those two oh and on that night in that first night together Ali tells Joel in a just a passing comment um, that his watch is broken um, yep. and we've sort of forgotten about the watch but we see it and go oh even though now it's actually broken because um, remember in the in the first scene he jokes to his daughter when she gives it to him oh it's, it seems to be jammed it's broken just to stir her up mm. and now he's actually wearing it while it is broken um, and yeah because yep. it's the last gift his daughter gave him it's just a reminder that she's with him every single moment of every day um, and it's just a bit subtle reminder that um, you know the, the potential um, I suppose role that Ali might have for him mm-hmm. coming forward, or a bit of a bit of a yeah. bit of a foreshadowing. Yeah, for sure. We should quickly we should mention as well. I don't think we said, but basically the job for Joel and Tess is to take uh, to take Ali to the Capitol building in the city that they're at, uh, which is you can they can sort of see out the windows across the way a bit in through some dangerous uh, infected territory, uh, and they're going to do like a uh, drop off there, and then they're going to get their weapon supply back. They're going to drop off for the fireflies because Ellie is uh, important, but they don't know why yet. Uh, so after that night, they go out. Uh, they go out to bypass the patrols at, at, late at night or early in the morning. It's dark out anyway. And uh, <laughs> Luke, when we when I played this with you back in the day, I was absolutely terrible at it. Do you remember this section? It's a stealth section. It's out. It's dark. And, With the spotlights. Uh, I just, I just had no sense of stealth at all. I just died and died and died. Uh, that was with the spotlights, wasn't it? When the soldiers looking yeah, up the for them in the rain with, at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember you're kind that. Of like in the sewer bit, and they're looking down. Yep. Into like the little gully. Yeah, yeah. and then you come up and you go through the <laughs> I, destroyed building. Oh, I played man. that well, oh, you know, thinking, "What? How the hell did Will struggle? I got it first go." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I think I said in a previous episode that I'm just not very good at stealth, stealth in games, and this moment uh, told <laughs> that <point>. story very <laughs> clearly. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah, but uh, they get basically they get captured when they go out there, uh, pretty quickly, and they think that Marlene. Uh, set them up, mm. uh, I think. Well, Ellie, yeah. they, they, they all get captured and then Ellie bloody bites a guy's, uh, bites a guy to get to get him off or, or something. I'm not sure. Basically, they fight him off anyway. Um, and I think Joel and Tess are basically like going to piss off at that moment because I think it's all set up. 
but uh, Ellie shows them her bite mark and tells them that it's three weeks old. Mm. Uh, yeah, so their, their and- reaction to seeing Ellie being infected is is Marlene set him up. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah, when that's she right. goes to explain about how the age they, it was three weeks ago um, and they don't believe her and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, they would think Marlene's literally just dropping this kid off with them. You know, I don't want anything to do with it. She's yep. infected, whatever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and we... Um, and I, I think um, we're still... We're steadily seeing this Joel and Ellie um, relationship. It's very father-daughter from the start as well. Um, mm. He's very much just telling her to fall, you know, fall in line and... Um, she's answering back and all that sort of thing. It's it's pretty endearing from the start. Um, but Joel's trying to cling on to this um, complete lack of sensitivity, especially when he says, uh, let's just hope there's someone alive to pay us as well in exchange, yeah. <laughs> you know, in exchange for um, Ellie. But, um, but yeah, when we find out Ellie's true purpose and value when she shows her bite mark um, and she's uh, it's sort of insinuated that, yeah, she might be humanity's only hope. Mm-hmm. There is a fair bit of weight uh, in there. Um, well, it's certainly not what anyone would expect. No. Like, not just Joel and Tess. Like, I don't think any of the, any player would expect that. No. The story to go that way, mm. you know. It's more than just father-daughter repeat. Like, it's literally mm. there's something serious going on here with this little girl. Mm. Especially um, for those who uh, listened in on the, the credits and it talks about those... Um, the trials and things like that, that that they couldn't come up with anything that actually worked. Yeah. So for the yeah. first time in twenty years, they've actually got something that might work. Yeah, mm, for sure. It's a huge, huge yeah. moment. Um, mm. and then they, Joel mm. doesn't want any of it though. No. no. Joel's still <laughs> like Joel's still like not having him. And Tess, uh, Tess does feel for her a little bit and gets him going. Like you know, like let's just do the drop off. That's the least they can do, kind of thing. Mm. Thing at one point, Tess says, you know, stay focused. We're almost done. And Joel just says, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I think t- Tess is uh, the wearing the pants in this trio, no doubt. Well, yeah. well, if she if she wasn't there, the way Joel is at this point, he probably just would have left her there. Well, quite frankly, Joel would have either left her there or potentially shot her. Honestly, mm. like I don't because he yeah. he's just yeah he's so well, probably just walked out of the room when he saw when, that he um, when he was asked to nope. take her. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Even before this moment. He would never. He would never have even gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we finally get to this rendezvous point. Um, yep. Where they're meant to um, meet the fireflies and you know pass Ali off and get the weapons and everything, and uh, everyone's dead mm. or not there. No, not there. Yeah. One or the other. No one's there. No, it's Ooh. it's empty. Um, it's pretty yeah. much empty. And and that you know they'd gone through a few. There was a few sections before this with uh, clickers and I think that's actually the first meeting with clickers in this section. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, a bunch of run-ins with infected and, and whatnot and Tess reveals to Joel uh, at the capital burn that she got bitten on the way mm. uh, and that's basically, you know, she's going to go out fighting. She's not going to turn. So, any of the uh, feds coming after them, she'll hold them off while Joel and Ali can go. So, Joel's, uh, you know, tasked with her. Uh, tasked with the bloody, uh, with taking ch- care of this child by himself, and he he doesn't he doesn't even know how the hell he got in this situation. Mm. And it really throws weight behind <laughs> the um, the journey. 
given that it's Tess' final, Tess's final wish to get it to get Ellie to safety and where she needs to be as the final hope. And I think it's um, the, uh, and we sort of realised that you know she Ellie really could be the saviour because um, Tess shows that her bite and it's been there for an hour and it's already about five times the size of Ellie's, which is three weeks old. It's like her, her entire shoulder is yeah. just covered. Yeah, um, yeah, and so. Mm. Um, Tess holds them off, holds the soldiers off um, coming in because she knows she's going to die um, while, yeah, Ellie and Joel escape. And so it begins the um, the start of the greatest uh, journey of duos ever. <laughs> <laughs> Big right. What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... It probably is. Let's be honest. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Monday, so Mario. You might have is. Kratos and uh, Atreus coming after you, mate. Mm, yeah, with his big axe. <laughs> Ooh, good call. Yeah, yeah, good call. <laughs> uh, shortly after this, too, just quickly, uh, uh, past the Capitol building, Joel and Ellie are going through some spore basements, and uh, Ellie, uh, Joel sees Ellie breathing without a mask. Uh, which, you know, sort of reveals that she was telling the truth about her bite because Joel is like, what the hell, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, of course, anyone would be. Uh, so, that's yeah, that's a big moment for them too. I think that, that sways Joel in the direction of being, you know, doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyone who inhales yeah. spores dies almost, um, not instantly, but very quickly. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, past that as well, I think the first game, is such a such a like a really well written narrative about a father and daughter and the moments the moments from here on we we get to see Joel and Ellie just traversing the the land or to get to the next objective and just hearing them talk to each other i think they that's where the writing shines and you really see the relationship bloom mm. uh as the game goes because from here we go to basically to find uh Joel's old, uh, I guess, friend or there's a guy that owes him a favor named Bill and he's got his own town out where it's all uh, booby-trapped and he lives out there by himself. So, they're basically like, you know, let's go see him because he can get us a car and we can get the hell out of here and we do a bit of, uh, you know, there's lots of great dialogue on the way. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Ellie says along the way as well that she didn't, you know, I didn't mean I didn't mean for this, um, blaming herself for Tess's bite and, you know, the death of Tess. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just it really sets the tone early that this is like by no means a guilt-free journey. Um, like I, like I personally expected Tess to die, um, so I wasn't shocked by it. It was really, but it was a great sacrifice um, to get things going, um, because I knew that this was going to be Joel and Ali's story. But yeah, um, but yeah, it, it really just sets off the, <laughs> this whole journey of everyone is feeling guilt for something. Yeah, um, and it's just <laughs> well. There's not really many things you can do in this world other than kill and or be killed. Mm. So everyone's <laughs> got guilt. Everyone's got guilt, and everyone's running away from their past consistently. Well, that's why. And jo- so then, yeah, and Joel wants to get rid of Ali so badly. Still, even if he yeah. likes her, it's almost because like because he likes her and sees her as a good kid, he wants to get rid of her more and more. Um, yeah. But yeah, then we mm. then we yeah we make Bill. We find our way out of town, find Bill, the old paranoid trappist and tinkerer. Well, there's a great there's a great segment uh, when you get into Bill's town where 
uh, Joel walks over a trap and he gets hung upside down in a garage and uh, Ali doesn't have a weapon mm. and you have to shoot infected sprinting at Ali with your pistol while being upside down. Mm. And it's a, yeah, that's an awesome moment. It's just before you meet Bill because Bill basically shows up after that and he's all pissed off because you set off his trap. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, that's a really, really good moment. It's really hard to shoot upside down mm. as well. Yeah, it is, isn't it? All the it's controls are inverted and mm. not, yeah. Well, it shows what the, um, <laughs> it really captures uh, what the pandemic's done to people. Um, you know, like it shows Bill's, because we go to this town to try to find a car to get away from Boston and everything. I think that's why Joel remembers Bill and goes, oh, we, you know, I'll go find Bill because he had a car and he can help me and all that sort of thing. So that's why they go to this yep. um, outskirt sort of town of Boston. Um, but yeah, Bill's just really, he represents true isolation. Um, and um, and Ellie really gets stuck into him too. Um, and her strength and courage in this sort of passage is really impressive. But she she just really gives it to Bill, who's this really old bloke who you just see even more than Joel, you think, oh, he's capable of just killing anyone. <laughs> And she just gives yeah. it to him. She just, she just gets stuck into him. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really funny dialogue. That yeah. <laughs> mm. But Ellie's, those, Ellie's um, grown up in this world. She she doesn't know. She doesn't have any sense of boundaries or or anything. So she's just she just lays into his buddy fat guts straight <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. About but when, the portions. He, when he does that, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there's probably an important. Thing that happens without anyone really realizing because up to that point joel has done nothing but barked orders and when ellie starts going off at bill and bill starts to you know tee off back instead of barking at her like he had up to this point he just sort of calmly tells ellie to be quiet and then starts to talk to bill to try and shut him up a little bit so it's, it's kind of a shift in joel's tone hmm. from just being a cranky, mr cranky pants the entire way to actually Calmly setting, you know, settling down a situation like a parent. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, nice. And, and Bill, good pick up. Bill's a really good character. Bill's a really good character here, I reckon, for his brief stint. Um, from yeah, yeah, from finding Joel and Ellie to finding his um, from saving Joel and Ellie, sorry, to saving <laughs> saving Joel and Ellie, then going on to find <laughs> his um, dead partner in Frank, <laughs> his dead partner in Frank, which mm. clearly bothers him. Um, we gain some really good insight into how even after 20 years of a pandemic these people are still um they're still not used to the loss and heartache of everything no um every death like and that's what i was saying it's nothing's gratuitous in this game every death it just has some weight to it for every character Mm. i will add though you said bill is a really good character throughout which he's like well written character Mm -hmm. but as far as him being a good helpful person he is but he owes joel uh, big time oh, or something. I don't mean a good person. So he's doing it because he owes it. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean a good mm. person. I just, just a, a good uh, a character, a good mechanic. Yeah, story. Yeah, story there's, mechanic. There's a lot of stuff that, um... a literal mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> what Tom? Sorry. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you find in his town, like the like notes and stuff that you can read that were from Frank that suggests. Bill is, in fact, not a very good guy at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's yeah. sort of, yeah, he's, as you say, well, he's only doing it because ultimately he owes someone else something. Yeah. And, and oh, there's a few be notes that you pick up guy. from Frank that uh, suggest that he's not the best sort of dude to hang around with. <laughs> mm. You couldn't be much of a good guy to booby trap an entire town just for yourself. Mm. <laughs> You'd have to be a fair twat. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, uh, 
because this bit's yeah, it's pretty small. You end up getting a car, and they and they drive off to Pitts to Pittsburgh. But uh, uh, the only the only major bit in this is you fight a bloater for the first time in this mm. section uh, in this in the, um, in the school in the basketball court. gymnasium yeah. or whatever. And that's uh, that's super intense. Bloater's like a big sort of fat. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Big bloated infected. Big bloated yeah. infected who um, just comes after you and throws, just hurls um, stink bombs at you, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and explodes. Yeah, so that's that's a good, that's a pretty good fight. Um, and uh, and it's actually it's Joel on his own. I think I think Ali and is that all, all right? three? All three of them are in there. Ali doesn't oh, do yeah? much. Okay. Bill sort of talks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and sometimes you think he isn't actually doing a lot of shooting. <laughs> mm. Well, <laughs> well, Ali hasn't gotten a weapon at this point anyway. No. So I don't think she'd be doing much. She'd just no. be running around. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, that's Bill's Bill's place. It's a pretty short segment. But yeah, you end up getting a car uh, and they drive to towards Pittsburgh. But there is a... You get the bow in that section too, which is pretty cool. If you don't miss it, There's that is... What? You get the bow for the first time in that section. Oh, ah, you yes, get the bow. Love the bow. Bows are always yep, so good. Yep. Um, I'm not a I'm not a bow guy in any game. Love bows. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not a I'm just not a bow guy except Zelda. No. And even worse than bows, I will I'll just put it out there. Crossbows. I hate them. I just <laughs> cannot stand crossbows. Ugh. Like it's even worse than a bow and arrow because you don't even get the satisfaction of like pulling the the bow back and letting it fly. <laughs> it literally just goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> the um, there is a big moment. Um, actually, uh, a huge step for Joel and Ali's relationship when um, because when they do find the car and they've got to give it a push start, where um, Bill and Joel are pushing it down the hill and Ali's in there trying to start it up. Um, Joel says to Ali, um, "You're doing a good job. I thought you should know that." And Ali replies, "I won't let you down with this." And it, and the loyalty mm-hmm. between these two is growing really strong already. Um, yeah, okay. It's just um, I, I love yeah, I love every moment that these two have a, this extra little nuance well, to their conversation. To, so good. To add to that, when they get to Pittsburgh, there's a few key moments uh, that I wrote down that you know makes them bond. So Joel saves Ali uh, from a bunch of sca- scavengers early into the Pittsburgh section. And then Ali saves Joel from being drowned uh, by killing someone for the first time with a pistol, which is like super scary moment for like a 15-year-old girl. Uh, but she does it to save Joel because she doesn't want to be alone, you know. And then shortly after, Joel trusts Ali to use a sniper rifle from up above while Joel's down on the ground taking out a bunch of enemies. Uh, and that's like a really, you know, you wouldn't think that, <laughs> letting a 15 year old girl would be how you father and daughter bond yeah uh, letting if sorry uh, letting a 15 year old girl use a sniper rifle yeah. <laughs> you know what times are we in but uh it happens and then joel gives her a pistol because of their newfound trust after that so they do a few things this pittsburgh section is really just about them growing comfortable with each other and growing that trust really mm. before they meet uh henry and sam yeah well it's pretty significant um it really shows his growing respect for her as a young adult rather than just a child um mm-hmm. and shows uh, shows how mature this world requires people to be um and when yep. she's um yeah when she's finished that part where she's looked you know um kept watch for joel as he's going through this square she asked how'd i do um and joel's only response is to simply give her a handgun 
uh, which is a bit bigger compliment yeah. than probably he could have said because um well yeah yeah and he and he tries to tell her to be careful like a caring parent almost um and she just tells him that um she just says okay oh sorry um she cuts him off when he's trying to tell her to be careful um and he just says okay um which he's sort of re- coming to realize okay she's actually she can look after herself here mm. definitely definitely well the final uh the final bit of summer act is uh Joel and Ellie meeting Henry and Sam it's the longest act as well this is about this, this is, is about by, half yeah, of the by game. far the longest act yeah i think mm. <laughs> it was in it, after this little bit we'll we'll have a little break i think <laughs> uh yeah Henry and Sam so they're basically like another yeah another traveling duo just making their way trying to survive like it's a Henry is Sam's older brother yeah uh, I, I I don't actually uh, I didn't write down I don't, I don't remember how they met. They just I'm guessing they just ran in, they just ran run into each other in, inside a building in a room and then they say oh we're on the same side. Or, I believe one some or something like that. one or the other. I think Joel comes into a room and Henry someone's holding Henry someone Henry, at gunpoint and Henry grabs it at gunpoint yeah. as he comes into the room. Yeah. yeah, I think the main. There's two main bit. There's two main things from their section that I took out of it, which was there's a bit where Joel and they're down in some sort of basementy area, and there's a door that shuts between them, and they get stuck. Uh, they get separated into twos, but Joel gets stuck with Sam, who's Henry's younger brother, and Henry and Ali are on the opposite side, uh, and. Both of the parental figures in this situation are like, you know, they're extremely concerned. Of course, Henry would be concerned because because Sam's his little brother, but their concern on Joel for Henry to keep Ali safe is uh, huge Mm. as well. Yeah. So, I think coming out of this Pittsburgh section where you see them really bond, uh, you see them in a situation where they're torn apart and it like breaks Joel's heart basically. (laughs) Yeah. To see her with someone else, so uh, it's a it's a really good moment. <laughs> yeah, it's really um, it is it is interesting, and I think even the the fact that um, because Ali's the one who convinces Joel to work with them as well. And yeah, it shows her that it shows us his, his cynicism's breaking down a bit. Um, and because just mm-hmm. uh, and just before this, I think before we meet Henry and Sam as well, we have a moment where um, Ali points out a, a dawn of the wolf. Um, movie billboard, um, like mm-hmm. Dawn of the Wolf two. There's, I think there's like six or seven. Like it's just a corny action series from the movies from the uh, that exists in the games. Um, and Joel always talks about them like they're his favorite um, movies. And this, I think, this is sort of where we're starting to break through the bravado of uh, of Joel and just seeing his um, personal side. You know what he's. Um, his love, yep. his loves are more than, uh, as much as his hates because we, we obviously know what he hates, which is pretty much everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's coffee, yeah. coffee and Dawn of the Wolf is the two things I think that we know that he likes. <laughs> hmm. uh, so past that, getting towards the end of summer, the very end, uh, Ali, they they're sort of hiding out in like a hotel room or something look like that. And Ellie and Sam are in a separate bedroom and Ellie, uh, Sam asks Ellie what she's afraid of and Ellie says, being by myself, I'm scared of ending up alone. Mm. Uh, I thought this is like a really key 
really key quote because she has an immunity to turning infected, but it still shows her vulnerability that you know surviving is more than just surviving. It's about having having a meaning. Yeah, and um, family. You know, and I don't think Ali believes that she'd have any meaning if she was by herself because she's always she's always struggled and she's always been alone mm. in certain ways. So it's uh I just thought before we end out the act that's a really key quote. Yeah, uh, from this act. And she yeah. and she's always had she's never had family as well like no um mm. I think it's it's something I was alluding to earlier but I think she says a bit later on but she really sums up um uh like her fear of I guess uh, people that care for her she cuz she's just she just never seems to have had it. Um Yeah. But um but there's a really great um um mechanism that Sam and Henry and Sam bring to the table as well um especially Ellie's relationship with Sam who's the younger the youngest brother who's roughly Ellie's age maybe a year or two younger I'm not sure um but she's finally found a friend her age to spend time with um she seems like you know happy she's having a bit of banter and learning things she's a bit more crass and like crude than he is of course she's got like <laughs> the bloody mouth from a sewer um and um <laughs> but she's finally found a, a sewer yeah i know <laughs> why did i bring sewers up um she's finally <laughs> she's finally found an opportunity uh to be a child act her age um but yeah and, yeah and like you said they they discuss their fears um and it really painted this picture of how this world is not for kids at all or for happy endings um it's really warming to see um even if henry wants um sam to be a bit more mature but you know we just really want them to we actually sort of in seeing Ali finally be a child, we just really want them to have this moment where they can just be kids. Yeah. And it's so quickly undone when they wake up the next morning. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> um So Ali walks in you know, that they're all up and uh Sam was sleeping in the other room. Uh actually he does um Sam does it is revealed that he was bitten the night before they go to bed, um, he looks at he looks at his arm. He pulls his um, yeah, it's on his calf or something. He pulls his, he pulls his pants up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So the blood sort of dripping um, down. So yeah, they're all you know they're all actually pretty excited to get on with the day. And uh, Henry and Joel say, you know, go wake Sam up. Let's get cracking or whatever. And Nelly walks in there and screams. And uh, Henry comes running out and he's in fully infected. He's turned. Um. And it's an awful, an awful moment to end the act because, uh, I, I forget how how it goes, but so basically, mm. well, uh, does someone does someone hold Sam or something? So, hold Sam no, back? Sam attacks or? Ellie. Ellie, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sam and, and, and Sam's just on top of Ellie yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and and Joel Joel goes to shoot Sam and Henry. Says no, that's my brother. Points his gun at Joel, and then ultimately does, I get you know the right thing, the sad thing, and shoots his um, brother, which is awful. Mm. And then uh, he he says he tells Joel that it's all his fault. Like basically, you know, the fact that they came together, it was all Joel's fault. And then uh, he shoots himself, and then yeah. the screen goes fades to black, and that's the end of and, summer. Yeah, yeah, terribly, yeah. terribly sad. Well, it's another, it's, you know, um, just another thing that adds yeah. to the guilt. <laughs> the uh, the 
the line where Ali says about being scared ended up ending up alone, being scared about ending up alone. Um, it, when I first played it and she said that, I thought that she's scared about being literally the last person because she can't get infected. So everyone else is going to get infected and die. So she's going to be uh-huh. the only human left on Earth. And then when Sam <laughs> dies, not even 24 hours later, it kind of like maybe she's right. <laughs> yeah. Because mm. her yeah. new friend. I never even thought of that. Instantly <laughs> died. Yeah. I mean, the, I think that line is the most important line in the whole game, uh, games across the whole thing um, for a mm. thousand reasons. But yeah, at the time when I first played it, I thought that's literally what she meant. And then it started to happen in the very next scene. <laughs> so I was thinking, oh, man, maybe <laughs> yeah, this is geez. where the, the game's going. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, and well, now we know that the fun's over for Ellie and she has even more baggage now. Mm. Even even Joel. Well, yeah. This is sort of, uh, not that he was looking for it, but if anything was Joel's, um, if Joel needed ammunition to say to Ellie, this is why we don't make friends, you know, or why we don't care for people, this is uh, certainly a trigger. Um, but yeah, I think absolutely, and I think, and you're right, Tom. With talking about the, how important that line is, there's oh, probably every once, one every act, or you know, every half, every third of a game, there'll be a line that's dropped um, by a character. Um, um, I, there was one that Ali Ali said earlier that I mentioned. I can't recall, um, but there's one just about every third of the game that sums up everything about that character and how they're feeling and even shape and it just shapes how you th- what you think about them forever so it's um even in the intro to this episode where we're discussing um yeah a quote um that I went through that something like that it's just it, they they write this so damn well that one line or even two line conversation literally sends a ripple effects for the, for the rest of the game Mm. You might even realize it at the time, but it means so damn yeah. much. And it's um yeah, it's extraordinarily extraordinarily well thought out. Oh, and the way they deliver it, it's just keeping it simple, stupid to the max, and it's just so powerful. Yeah, I mean, praise the voice actors for sure. Mm, yeah, <laughs> for the delivery. Yeah, it's inc- um yeah. So, yep, that's it. That's the end of summer. Uh, the longest act in the game mm-hmm. for sure. Yep, we head into fall uh, after this, but I think. We'll have a quick break uh, and hear from whatever we're hearing from today. I haven't been told. So, let's head to the break and we'll be back shortly. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Do you like, do you like Joel that much, Will? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I like him that much. I mean, he's a good character and all, but he's just, he's too much. You you can understand why Ellie gets so frustrated. I think he smells like dog poo. Oh. I mean, pretty much everyone in that era would smell like dog poo, right? Far out. Yeah. These blokes just crap on. I, I wonder when they'll let me take over the show. I could do that better. I think that's why. Yeah, yeah, listen to them. What are they even saying? Yeah. yeah. You probably bang on I need my own show. Yeah. Tom's time. Tom's own. Tom's own. I know. Tom, how bad do you smell? Oh, yeah. Tom. I'm the Tomahawk. Tom. Coming at you, Spotify. Tom. No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel's Joel's sick. Uh, Ellie's a good character. Uh, whatever. Uh, Will, what's going into you, brother? Tom, look, we we'll get you onto our show. We invite you to talk about your favourite game of all time. So sharpen up. Sharpen up. Yeah. Or can't you handle your rum? 
<laughs> it's Tomahawk time. Coming at you daily from 12 a.m. I'm bringing you lot the best start of the day you can ever ask for. We've got games. We've got stories. We've got VIP interviews with all of the best video gaming talent in the world. We've got live streams. We've got the best damn reviews anybody could ever ask for. Yeah. Um... I'm the big bro around these parts, fellas. Kneel before the true podcast king and say goodbye to all of those loyal listeners. You wouldn't dare. Wouldn't I? Screw you. I'm telling mum. Mum, Tom's bullying me. What about you, Luke? What do you got to say? Uh, Jeepers, what in the bloody hell is up with Tom? We thought he was nice, but he's turned into a monster. Don't trust Tom. All right. We're back from that load of nonsense. Tom, we may never have you on again. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, that, mate. So anyway, let's move on. Um, so <laughs> he's, we're, we're, he's, spe- he's speechless. He's he he knows what he's done. What he's say. not saying I don't anything. Know what to say. Honestly, I don't know what I did wrong. It's I feel like I'm being hard done by. But anyway, <laughs> you're being an, you're being an enterprising turd, Tom. That's what you're doing. All right, we know it. Um, so we're up to the the fall segment of um, Last of Us. Yep. And, and I keep going to refer to it as part, Last of Us Part One, but it officially isn't. No, it's just The Last of Us. Just The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, so, um, despite the heavy ending of summer, seeing... Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> seeing Henry uh, have to that, shoot his little brother. Yep, that was an egg yolk. That was, that? That, was an egg, that was an egg yolk getting caught in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so despite the despite that very heavy ending, yeah, with Sam and Henry, um, yep. Ellie actually starts off the fall act uh, pretty chipper, yeah, because um, she's looking forward to finding Joel, um, Joel's brother Tommy in Jackson County, yeah. Um, cause I think, I think it's, um, yeah. So well, again, Joel's trying to find a way to um, dish Ellie off yep. <laughs> to get someone else to be responsible <laughs> for her, um, but. Um, it just goes to prove that uh, death is uh, water for ducks back for these people. Yeah, I think it's even safe to heavy, say that... Even though it's heavy, they just move on. Yeah, for sure. I think it's safe to say that uh, Ali and Joel have come pretty, become fairly close in the time spent between the, the two acts because Ali says, are you ready to see your dear older brother? You nervous? So, it's like, mm. it's, uh, I guess, probably been alluded to Ali at this point that something's gone wrong between the two of them. I don't think she knows completely because I think there's a um, small part after this where she does ask, you know, what really happened between you and Tommy or something like that. And Joel just says, I don't think Tom Joel goes into it or anything like that. But mm. uh, I think the fact that Ellie is able to say like playful things like that to Joel at this point means that in the between the acts, what we haven't seen, they've uh, become a fairly uh, tight unit. Yeah, well, we don't really know how many weeks or, you know, could be two months that have passed since we um, yeah. last uh, played as them. Like, you know, they've gone across to Jackson, which is, I think, over near the Rockies from Boston. Well, from Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh, from Pittsburgh, sorry. Pittsburgh yeah, you're to right. there. So, like, you know, how far is that on the the map of America? That's pretty far by uh, foot. They've, they've, tra- they've travelled a, a good way. couple of inches. Yeah, a good couple hmm. of inches. It's yeah. a pretty long walk. <laughs> a couple of inches yeah. <laughs> the um, who knows yeah, what they did in between? Yeah, well, really, um, I don't, yeah, they just seem fresher. It's sort of, it's a bit strange, actually. Um, 
seeing that they've moved on a bit because I expected them to linger a bit on the deaths of Henry and Sam. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just to, to jump in and see. Um, they don't really bring them up again. No, nah, for Ellie to be pretty. Yeah, like I said, chipper. It's it's quite strange. Um, but again, honestly, every bit of storytelling in the in this game has purpose. So I, I never doubt it for a minute. Yeah. There's a moment um, shortly after you um, you climb down the cliff and go over the other side of of the river, uh, and you can completely miss it. Uh, but as they go up the top. On to, to the left, you kind of got to go down past the tree. There's a little grave, and uh, Joel says um, uh, that's too small of a grave. Like it's it was clearly like a like a infant or like a small baby's grave. Mm. Uh, and Ellie says, um, "I forgot to put the robot, the little toy she had to give to Sam on Sam's grave." Mm. And that's that's the last thing you sort of hear about it from about um, <clears throat> sorry about Henry and Sam uh, because Joel quickly jumps in and says, um, I thought we said something along the lines of, I thought we said we weren't going to talk about it anymore. And yeah. it kind of just moves on really, really quickly. Yeah, so it right. sort of seems as like they've had the, the, the conversation about it yep. you know, in the period that we don't play and with the, the end result being, let's just move on. And it goes back to what you were saying before, Luke, about let's just crack on with it rather than um, worrying about something that's in the past. Yep. Yeah, and and it's it's almost alarming that isn't it though because you sort of see Joel trying to almost teach her to just um, hide her emotions and bury it deep, and you just mm. um, you know knowing better, we just sort of see that now as geez, that is such a uh, dangerous way to live, mm. kicking um, it really, under the rug. Yeah, um, but yeah, so we're we're, head, well, we're heading towards this power plant, and we know Tommy's sort of hydro around these parts. Uh, yeah, the hydro plant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I think in reaching it, so it's a real sort of, um, you know, we we get there and they pull the gun, they you know, like the guards of the, the the plant obviously pull their guns out, mm. but quickly we hear a voice saying, "No, I know that man," or whatever. Gates come open and it's Tommy, yeah, his brother, and um, but we haven't and, seen since the prologue, yeah, and yeah. Um, we get. Uh, suddenly, we get this—you know—a sense of family belonging and uh, working together again um, after yeah. so long of just being. Um, well, I guess in the latter half, of, well, since Tess died, it's just been. We, we obviously had Henry and Sam, but it really felt like a, just the two of them. Yep. Whereas now it, it feels like okay, we're actually with literal family again, which yeah. seems to be something um, besides Henry and Sam completely devoid of in this world. <laughs> No, good mm. point. I, w- and I, I want to say before he gets there. Sorry, well, um, before he they get up to there when Ali and Joel are having a bit of a casual chit chat, um, they're not. It, it makes it seem like that first interaction when they they, they meet Tommy again is going to be a pretty pretty sour experience because mm. that's mm. Ali, uh, Joel talks about the last time they spoke or whatever. Tommy said he never wants to see him again and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it makes it seem like it's going to be a real negative thing when they get there, but it's all happy days. Yeah. Mm. I was just going to say, uh, you know, when you get to this section, how nice is it to be out of the uh, cities and into the into the wild wilderness? It's so good. <laughs> it's like so that with good. any game. So like as soon as you as soon as you get out into the into the hills and the valleys, the forest, it's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, thank sure. God. <laughs> Nothing worse than industrial in a video game. Mm. Um, <laughs> or well, yeah, there is, actually, there is one thing worse. Sewers. Sewers. 
Mm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they go inside at the they go inside at Jackson uh, with Tommy, and uh, they meet Maria, who's sort of the who's sort of in charge at the at the plant uh, they're staying at. And turns out that her and Tommy got hitched. Mm. Um, it's almost as if someone found a positive in this whole thing. Yeah. So good on you, Tommy. And mm. uh, <laughs> not you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom got hitched a few weeks ago too. He did. He did. And we're in a well pandemic. Done, Don't want to be too positive about that, but yeah. Uh, so, maybe yeah. I was all, actually in the game. It's all coming up to Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> all coming up, Tom House. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, basically the brunt of what happens here is that Joel. Uh, Joel tries to offload Ellie here again. Uh, yeah, yeah. For, first things first, they Joel. There's a there's something going on in the plant where the turbines are they're running, and basically they get the call. It's like oh Tommy to go check on what they've done or something, and uh, Joel and Tommy go and check that out. And Joel asks Ellie to stay with Maria, who they just met, <clears throat> mind mind you, and Ellie is uh, like really uh, taken back the fact that. You know, uh, she's gonna stay with this lady. She's like, "Oh, Joel, what do you what do you mean?" You know, so like they're really that you know she's become quite dependent on Joel. It's pretty clear at this point because she's questioning his you know thought process to leave Ellie with this stranger they basically just met. Um, and after they they go and check out these turbines, Tommy and Joel. Uh, it, Joel wants sits Tommy down to tell him what the hell's going on. Uh, and basically explains to him that, you know, Ellie is immune and, he you know, if Tommy and his gang, gang, you know, his people have got, got a crew that they can take to the Fireflies, if they can do the rest of the job, then they can collect the bounty essentially because mm. um, Joel, yeah, it's his final final attempt of getting out. Yeah. I know. It's like a... Which you don't want to see because you can tell that they've grown quite close to each other. It's like, oh, you know... One of those moments where you play, you play as a main character, and it's it's actually um, it's like Walter White. It's like a main character where you, you, you love him, even though you know that he is doing the wrong thing. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um. Well, it's um. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Zoom. He gives crappy crappy reasons. <laughs> like. He does. He, he says. He uh, does. Yeah. He says. Like, Sorry, everyone. My brain just died. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom. And you he, were just talking says, about uh, recording to a bloody midnight. It's five it's hours from now. Dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's only it's only twenty past seven, mate. You got a you got a fair way to go. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he does. Give yeah, he gives he gives us reasons. some crappy reasons and says like Tommy knows these areas better, which is ridiculous yep. because. As we just pointed out before, he got two and a half inches across the map, which in real terms is probably, I don't know, a couple of thousand kilometers somehow. So I don't know yeah. why that would be uh, be an issue. They made it this far. Oh, no. He's just, again, it's just that last uh, ditch effort of mm. his brain to, to, try and convince, to try and convince himself that, you know, being attached to someone or caring for someone is not something he wants to do with. Like it it's always mm. comes back to that. It's not necessary. It's not literally like, oh, I don't think I can take it. He like he knows he'd be able to do it because I've come that far, but he doesn't yeah. want to uh, be attached to something. 
or something. No, because then, because then, when uh, in the same little area, uh, Tommy goes to give. He says mm-hmm. that he went back to Texas last year, and he goes to give uh, the photo of Joel and Sarah at the soccer match back to Joel, yep. and he, he palms it off and says, basically doesn't want it. Yeah, he says yeah. keep it. There's no moving on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just, um, he, he, um, Joel is just hesitant to tackle anything that's going to require any sort of almost substance to get over. You know, like he doesn't want to take Ali on because it'll take effort. He doesn't want to accept the photo because it's going to take some effort. You know, to get through these things, it's it's sort of it's pretty damning on him actually. Um, we completely mm. understand where it's coming from. It's it's a pity, like we feel a lot of pity for him. But he's really um, toes a line between just not being a good guy, like having yeah. good reasons for not being a good bloke, but just um, yeah. And it's it's sort of you, you really love it, love and hate him for that's those sort of reasons as you're playing. And yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because if you were the one in the if you were the one deciding, there's no way coming this far that you would do that. Because like obviously that's not you wouldn't expect it to go that way. Mm. Um, but you can also understand that he's afraid to to have that commitment again because of what yeah. he lost before. So it's like you mm. feel for him, but you also think, look, you just need to do what needs to be done. Um, mm. Before we. Before we move on from that, I think there's just a little quick insight as well uh, into Joel, into the way Joel was in between the 20 years where he, before he asks or while he asks uh, Tommy to to take over Ali for him, uh, they get in a pretty heated argument. And one of the things Tommy says is that he still has nightmares from those years uh, where Joel took care of him, mm. uh, in, quota- in quotation marks. Uh, he, I think, you know, Joel. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to know whether who's telling the truth. But it sounds like Joel was a pretty big. He was in a pretty bad spot for, <laughs> for a good mm. part of the years, and that drove those two completely apart. Like this, at this point, I don't think they they might mention that Joel hadn't Tommy hadn't seen each other for five to ten years at this point. Yeah, something like that. that. Yeah. Um, and you know, in a world where there's, uh, in a in a world that's so post-apocalyptic and ravaged and. And everything you would you wouldn't expect two brothers to uh, just be split apart in that way. So whatever Joel mm. was like during that era must have been pretty, pretty bad dude, or pretty scary guy. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's clear. Obviously, yeah, it's clear they have um, quite a lot of previous beef, um, but they do, they do get along quite well as brothers, though. We don't see him dwell on it for too long. Reminds me of you yeah. two, actually. You know, you, you two have your um, your quarrels and your epic punch-ons, but you know. Here you are. <laughs> Here you are, just um, chatting like uh, you know all those terrible things Will did to you, Tom, all those years ago. You know, you forgot. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he he wasn't good. He wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> the um, no, I'm only joking. But the um, oh, thanks for thanks for clarifying. <laughs> the, just just in case some people think I'm serious, I'm only joking. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I have done one. I will say, I have done one bad thing to Tom over over our life, and that is that every time we uh, play video games together in the same room, uh, I'm <laughs> never, I've never been the one to get up and change a disc in my life. And I think it's uh, that's Tom's job, and he doesn't enjoy that. So piss <laughs> off to Jackson. Yeah, unfortunately, for whatever reason, I treated you good just to boy. get up and change the game. 
should have just pushed back years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're setting your ways now. I know, it's um, too late, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But once all of these problems are forgotten between uh, uh, Joel and Tommy, this argument, when the um, they're attacked by bandits, of course. Yep, yep. Um, but there's a really key moment because um, everyone forgets, you know, this sort of quarrel that they've got going um, while when the this hydro plant comes under attack. Um, and the, yeah, the key moment when the battle's done and Ellie, Ellie's excitedly um, telling Joel about all of the intense things that happened, uh, like a little kid. Um, yeah, and we're seeing this from Maria's perspective, who's walked in. Um, I think Maria looked after Allie while while Joel was fighting off the bandits with Tommy. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, we see it from Maria's perspective. And if this isn't uh, parent parenthood, as as Joel's trying to you know listen to Allie and sort of tell her to settle down while she's you know madly you know saying like, and then there was this big guy, and then he came in with a gun, and then this happened, and you know it's like that. It's actually um, yeah, if that's not parenthood, I don't know what is. Um, and Tommy even mm. decides to um, help take Allie. Uh, to the fireflies to help create the cure as a result of, I guess, seeing how important she is um, yeah, and what sure. she means to Joel. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, as a result of Tommy finally agreeing um, and, you know, we're thinking, oh, here we go, Joel's uh, finally got his wish. Mm. <laughs> He's finally got rid of her. Um, Ellie, Ellie runs away. Um, yep, she and- takes one of the horses. She takes one of the horses and um, once they finally, Tommy and Joel finally uh, get to her, she's in an abandoned house and she's pretty much just laying in this little, on this sunbed, um, looking at a book and just intrigued by what normal life uh, must have been like. Yeah. You know, saying, oh, this is, is this seriously all they had to worry about? Um, and combine mm-hmm. that, combine that perspective with her running away, you just, Constantly reminded, like we're literally just dealing with a, a child here, and they're sort yeah, of yeah. You can't really blame about- her too much for anything that she does because no. she's no. she's never, you know, she, I don't think she ever she never went to school. <laughs> mm. Like she's learned everything out in the in the wild. Um, but yeah, in the in the house, they have quite the quite the heated confrontation. Ellie and Joel, uh, they do. It's probably like the it's the most heated confrontation they have uh in the in the first game anyway mm. uh ellie you know ellie telling joel uh you know that you know she wouldn't be better off she wouldn't be better off with tommy she'd be she'd mm. just be more scared yeah if she went well, with I've someone got, else i've got the conversation here if you'd like me to precise. oh yeah yeah go for it yeah um but the, and this is that quote I was referring to earlier when we're we're learning why Ali doesn't really want to be cared for by someone or entrusted to someone's care. Um, because yeah, Joel says to um, Ellie when they finally catch up with her as well. She, he says, "You have no idea what loss is when yep. he's asking about her daughter, when she's asking about his daughter." And Ellie says, "Everyone I've cared for has either died or left me. Everyone except for you. So don't tell me I would be safer with someone else because the truth is I would." Just be more scared. And Joel says, you're right. You ain't my daughter and I sure as hell ain't your dad. We are going our separate ways. <laughs> she she needs him. Cruel bastard. And he's af- yeah, she needs him and he's afraid of being needed by someone and yeah. potentially losing someone again. 
Um, and and the game at this point is really setting us up and in reminding us that she's a, a naive kid who hasn't experienced all of these nice family moments. It's really yeah, um, setting sure. us up to look at Joel as a dick, and he really is being a dick. Yep. Well, he's just being scared. Yeah, like he's just scared. Well, we, we know the reasons, but it's just yeah. uh, I don't know if it's acceptable still by this point. No, I mean no, it's not. But mm. it it takes you know it takes this uh, heated conversation for Joel to see the light. I don't I I don't rem- exactly remember if there's anything else that happens in between. But essentially, Tommy, uh, they don't even make it back to Jackson. With um, halfway back with Tommy, they. Joel makes the decision that they're going together. Yep. Like yeah. He tells the little lookout over the lookout over the city, and then yeah, yeah. Mm. He he tells Allie to um, give her horse back to Tommy. Yep. Mm. And she's going, wait, why? And he's saying, you're coming with me. Mm. And he doesn't explain anything more. He just says, um, you know, like it's good to see you, baby brother. Take care and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And I've. I noticed as well that the Western soundtrack, because we get a lot of uh, harmonica and, you know, uh, acoustic guitar, um, mm-hmm. you fellas would be more, um, uh, more v- better versed on the actual uh, style of play or whatever. But the um, it's it plays a real part now. And it took me actually straight to the sort of melancholy of the Red Dead Redemption games as well. You know, just those really slow... Um, mm. moments and this is this is probably more more particular to that argument that they had um, and it's just they they start to um, the music really starts to pay a, play a, a really powerful part in how you feel in these scenes and yeah. number and in part two part two it's even ten times yeah. more powerful mm. um, but it's just this whole western thing I don't know it's a, you know like I've mentioned it's with uh, Joel's Texan accent and being like a lone ranger and this music playing, uh, there's very clearly uh, something that they wanted to get get at here with um, reminding us of a Western. Yeah, well, it, it's almost like they don't want you to um, accept, accept Joel as like sort of a hero in this moment because he, mm. you know, he just blasted Elliot on the fact that she's not her daughter and he ain't her dad. And that's mm. just like the cruelest thing you could say to this girl that just needs somebody. Yeah, and then uh, and then you know five minutes later, he makes the decision that no, nah, you're coming with me. Like he's had to change your heart, and it's like, well, you didn't really earn that because <laughs> you were just a complete wank two seconds ago. Yeah, but uh, but it's also but it's also him. It's just it's also just him actually just realizing in this moment he has to suck it up. There's no yeah. you can't delay this decision. He's actually yep. got to be the the bigger man and take on the responsibility. Yep, like own it. Yeah, well. Yeah, from from Jackson, they head to a Colorado university, which is where uh, the fireflies were meant to have a lab. Uh, and and I'm I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit distant on the, this whole section. Uh, if anyone wants to just go over it quickly, but I I do know how it ends because this is essentially the end of of the full act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if well, I can just just to, and just to set the scene, I guess of the the tonal shift that took place as a result of uh joel taking ellie um we're sort of, this is sort of the first time we've actually seen the pair openly committed to each other's well-being mm. now that joel's on board and now that ellie appreciates him making the choice to help her um 
So yeah. the tone takes a real shift that we and we you can't actually foresee an upcoming divide between the two of them. Whereas throughout the rest of the game, we can always see it's a bit uh, you know it's a bit um, on thin ice. Mm. You know, Ali could at any moment bail on him. He could at any moment just you know give her off to someone else. Um, yeah. But now there's just a greater bond, and it's it's quite reassuring. In well, thinking, the first okay, there's hope. The first uh, thing you see after they go towards the university and after they've rekindled is uh, them riding in on horseback and Ellie is, uh, Joel's telling Ellie a sort of story from the um, before, you know, the, the before apocalypse days and they're mm. having a bit of a, um, a jeer and joke about it and they're quite happy. So, it's uh, it's really heartwarming to see that and, yeah, you, you definitely wouldn't be able to see them splitting up from this point, no. No. And, and we play, it's... It's something that's pretty hard to sort of get without actually playing it. But like we play as Joel, but the whole time we're basically learning as Ali. Like we we're playing as Joel, but we don't actually understand him. Mm. So neither does Ali. So as Ali learns about him, we learn about him. Um, and yep. we also learn about the the landscape and about life. Like as Ali learns, and which is a really interesting sort of storytelling way because we're not even playing as a. Yeah. Um, but we're somehow actually, we're almost like in tune, perfectly in tune with both of these characters um, at once. It's really, it's really interesting. That's why this game's so yeah. so groundbreaking almost in um, this whole companion storytelling. It's pretty amazing um, uh, that two games came out 2013 with a um, strong written uh, companion character with Bioshock Infinite mm. as well, isn't it? Just thought yeah. of that randomly off topic. But oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> and people or people have forgotten that too. Remember at the time how big they both were. Oh yeah, in selling this companion, um, his companion mechanic, uh, yeah. and both nailed it. To be honest, we mm. loved playing with Elizabeth in Bioshock. Yeah, for it? sure. She's a great character. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, the university is this in? Is the university that's at the back end of fall, isn't it? We're still in fall. Yeah, yeah, this is the yeah. end of fall. Yeah. Yeah, it's right, yeah. right at the very end. Because they go to find uh, the Firefly's lab because this is where Tommy pointed them to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, In the big the glass building. Yeah, but there's uh, they're not there. No one there. Yet again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if you know, Tom, like the nitty gritty about what happens in this sequence, but I know what happens at the end of it. <laughs> Or is it literally yeah, just yeah. like a bit of uh, a bit of fighting and combat throughout? Yeah, they see um, they see the the first thing that when they when you ride in on the horse is you see the monkeys in the big square. Uh, I don't really know what the significance of the monkeys is. Um, I think it's just a, it's become wild. Yeah, it's sort of overrun, or mm. the 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 trees have taken over. <laughs> Uni students uh, are like then, monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but after that, it's it's uh, there's another um, uh, bloater, I believe. I'm not yeah. sure. There's a, there's a series of clicker rooms and things like that, and then you get through. You get the flamethrower. Um, That's right. And then you uh, you end up opening that little gate, and then you think you're at the big glass building, and you you find it, and then you find a way in uh, through. There's like a ramp, and you you do the odd trick of rolling the bin down the ramp and it smashes open the gate um, yeah. and then you climb the side of the building and you end up in the building and that's when you you go through all of the different sort of 
the hallways and stuff of, of the science building and get to the end and ultimately there's just a skeleton sitting in the seat uh and then there's um he's got a recorder and he's recorded a message saying if you're looking for the fireflies they've they've all left and gone to Salt Lake City. City. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the, 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 the recorder got a message that talk goes for a little while and paints a pretty grim picture. Brilliant. And then uh, we, yeah. Brilliant memory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well I played it a few times. This is what we're <laughs> really telling us. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually a bit of a black hole in my recollection of the game, too. Yeah. I, I thought I pictured uh, it, but I don't have anything on that part of the game in full. Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of, um, there's less uh, sort of, Chit chat between Joel and Ali while you get into that room because ultimately the uh, you've got to open another gate with the generator on the other side of the gate and Ali stays put on the horse and then yep. you go as Joel you go off by yourself and go through all the infected rooms and things like that so yeah. it's less actual yeah. discussion it's it's more just like an action bit up until the very end when you get to the recorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And is the so after at the end of fall, uh, Joel Joel goes down. Uh, and I'm is that leaving the in a big way the, is that leaving the university or or I'm just I'm just mixing up getting mixed up where we are where we yeah. are like is that so the recorder finishes yeah and the, the message plays out Ellie asks Joel how far away is um is the the hospital where they've gone to uh, yeah St Mary's or something St um, Mary's Hospital yep yeah uh, and he says it's not close or whatever and, and then as he says it's not close or something. They hear some commotion, I suppose, and see a light. And Ellie said, "Is that the fireflies?" But then they start shooting at them. Yeah, uh, and then there's a you, you take out a bunch of guys, and then once you've done that, you sort of start to work your way back out of the um, of the building while you're fighting through all the crowd of bad guys. And yeah, uh, it ends up with you open. You got to open the door, which was the way you come up. But as you open the door, guy boots open the door and grabs you, and you fall down over the um, the, the railing breaks. Joel falls down and gets impaled by like an old, um, uh, kind of like a mesh yeah. sort of bar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what That's right. happens is Ali Ali helps him out, uh, and you, you're kind of stumbling along as Joel sort of half shooting. Uh, but Ellie's got a gun and pretty much takes everybody out to get you back to the horse and yeah. drags you up onto the horse. And then the horse, yeah. when you get to the horse, that's the end of the um, the chapter or the season. Um, yeah, and the next thing is yeah, starts in winter, and and Ali's dragging you in with the um, on on the board. Yep, mm. yep. Because because uh, Joel Tom's goes here. down, and yeah, oh, yeah, Joel goes down, and <laughs> Ellie's Ellie's screaming, uh, "Come on, you've got to get up! You've got to tell me what to do, Joel." Uh, yeah, and yeah, it shows like yeah, what are we gonna do? Huge, what are we gonna do? Yeah, huge moment showing uh, Ellie's dependence on Joel uh, mm. as like a father, like as much as she's a uh, smart Alec, know it all. She really needs that uh, parental guidance to know what to do because she's so young. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good scene, and that's the end yeah. of the full act. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, it, it makes it things. It makes it seem like Joel's dead because the actual closing out, um, when when the screen goes dark, the transition to the winter season, basically. The very last thing that happens is Joel falls off the horse, <laughs> and you sort yep. of just think, "Oh no, he's he's buggered." Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, septic or something. Mm. Um, but, but it takes us to winter. Yeah, and, which is uh, probably the most intense, uh, intense 
acting the game, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, winter. Yeah, winter comes and it's uh, fittingly, fittingly, um, the toughest part of um, Ali's journey. Yeah, we've uh, we've got to help her hunt, survive. Um, oh, yeah. The she, first, she, sorry, the first scene of the the act is like a rabbit, and then the arrow just goes bang through the side of the rabbit. Jeez, hectic imagery. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're we're not sure how long has passed exactly. Obviously, it's winter and snowy. Um, yeah, but she's out hunting by herself. So we're thinking, oh, okay, she's, uh, you know, gone solo or something. Um, but yeah, so we also um, see her betrayed in this um, yep. act. Um, and we're also, as it turns out, thank God, we're actually trying to um, provide for Joel while he's sick. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Ali's out so hunting. Mm. Oh, yeah. And she meets... Now, I... Th- when I was doing my notes, I did not forgot this wrong. Is the guy's name David? Yes. Yep. And the guy yes. with him's name is James? Yes. Yep. Because I was writing James as the main on, guy. The, the and last of this encyclopedia, Tom's ticking over there. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you I think, Tom? Ma- <laughs> I was really yeah, asking Tom We need to Tom take it there. off with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I can't but confirm is, that you're not yeah, correct. But the, the David's <laughs> that makes any sense at all. <laughs> David's the main guy anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah, for some reason in my mind, it is, it's Billy, but I think I'm just getting confused because Ellie keeps calling him Buddy Boy. <laughs> Billy. Yeah. So let's roll with Where James. Where are you that from? Billy. It is James, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ellie, uh, <laughs> Ellie meets David and James and uh, they she's just killed this deer and she agrees to trade the deer meat to them for antibiotics. They say they've got antibiotics, which she will take to help Joel. Um and David sends James back to their camp to get the antibiotics, so they have to wait it out together in the snow. Um, and they uh, they basically get overrun by infected in this building, uh, in the in the forest, and they sort of have a bit of team a bit of a teamwork moment, um, which is a pretty um, tough a pretty tough little sequence there. Actually, there's like lots of infected coming in from every direction, the roof and windows and yeah. everything. Um, and, and you got minimal uh, you have minimal weapons and and things as well, uh, and then. Uh, actually, I will. I will quickly say the scene with Ellie, uh, when she, she takes David's rifle. This is before that. Before what I just said, when they first meet, she takes David's rifle, and this is like really confronting uh, scene, uh, screenplay of Ellie basically holding up, holding a man's rifle at him at gunpoint in the middle of the middle of the snow and it's just dead silence. It's like this 15-year-old girl holding a bloody rifle at a man in the middle of the, middle of the woods. That's what the world's gotten to. It's pretty hectic. Yeah, yeah while, while at the same time, even though she's going to grow up 10 times quicker than any other person who's at that age, she sort of shows a little bit of uh, naivety being that age given that she shows her cards as soon as David asks, what do you need? In yeah, right. the instant reaction is we need antibiotics. Like, and the tone of her voice now she says it, it's like it's pretty bad. We need it right now. Yeah. yeah. So right. David at the time seems like a good dude, but Ellie has pretty much laid it down on the table and he's yeah. has essentially made it easy for David to, as we'll get into, make things a little tricky. Yeah. Oh, and we know that Joel's, Joel wouldn't tell us something that wasn't, um, you know, as much as we want Joel's cynicism to uh, be wrong. We know that he's, um, you know, he's had twenty years of trying to survive with these bastards, pretty much. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So as soon as, um, you know, 
as soon as as soon as she says that so early um, that she needs antibiotics, you straight away just hear Joel saying, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so David yeah. gives her gives her the rifle, but ultimately, it's pretty clear that she's never going to shoot him because there's a there's something that she needs far more than him to not take the deer. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, it turns out that David has a bloody pistol in his pocket anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the horde comes, he just has another gun. And it's like, yeah, a pistol. Um, yeah. So to to throw it back around, they yeah they fight off this uh, horde of infected, and then in a sort of, I I would say you know there's a you know there's a big big revealing moment in the Last of Us Part Two, and I'd say that this moment here is the sort of uh, symmetry to that. <clears throat> I won't say what it is yet, but basically David reveals uh, to Ellie that a group of his men were slaughtered by a crazy man and a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's sort of like a holy shit moment because Ellie's out there in the woods with these guys that <laughs> they just slaughtered their men uh, yeah. and it's it's bad and Joel's somewhere half dead. It's a oh. it's a hectic yeah. hectic twist that because David seems like yeah. a really nice guy for the 20 minutes there, really caring about a, you know, a little kid that's out in the wild and then he just turns on the drop of a hat. Hectic. And oh. you've just used all of the bullets out of his gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, for sure. Yeah, sort of <laughs> talks to what happens a little bit down the track. But, yeah, you're you're left um, relatively unarmed. Yep. Yeah. Hectic. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, Ellie is uh, on the horse and she's yeah, she's bolting after that. Yeah. Yeah, and then we, um, yeah, then Ellie gets back, gets back to Joel who's in a, on a garage floor. Yeah. Um, you know, on his uh, on a little rollout bed, shut. You know, with a yeah, really shivering. strong, strong fever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she injects and she injects him, and then wakes up the next morning, and his fever has stopped, um, but he's still unconscious. Um, yep. But then we. Um, so to be so yeah, to be fair to David and that they actually did give her the antibiotics. <laughs> yeah, and some time really, um, because so that's, yeah, he's when a man she, of his she words, just like hide and seek. Eh? They counted to yeah. ten before they come chasing her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She she hears his um she hears his um voice, uh, some voices outside, and looks at, and they've tracked her to the um where she is, and she has to uh, knowing that Joel can't travel, she has to get the horse and just ride as fast as she can, as far away, so that they um to get her away, get them away from where Joel's recovering. Yeah. Um, but it really um. I think, and, and for reasons we'll probably we'll discuss um, as we go through this act, it's um, this chapter really proves how much Ali and Joel mean to each other now. Um, they go yeah. to such such heavy lengths um, to keep each other alive without mm. being with each other. Yeah, um, definitely. And and we just and we we get to it. We we start feeling a sense that oh, these you know when they're apart, we actually feel alone, and we need the other. Well, oh, yeah, for sure. If you, you feel a bit hollow and uh, alone when you're out in the woods, it's just Ellie. Especially where you don't you don't know Joel's uh, the way you know you don't know how Joel is at that point. Um, but yeah, very quickly after riding away, Ellie's captured by David's gang. Yeah, uh, and she's sort of thrown in a cell in the bottom of a house or whatever. And one of the things that David says is uh, to Ellie. Because Ellie's being a fair, fair smart ass to to David in their conversation, which of <laughs> course she is. Uh, and David says, "You know, you kill to survive, and so do we. We take care of our own by any means necessary." 
Mm. And that's, yeah, I like we've definitely touched on the fact of the landscape of this world, but that's just another, another, um, you know, push, push, pushing the, the fact that people in this world just don't have a, they don't have a limit. No moral <laughs> like this is, anymore. yeah, this is a little girl that is 15 years old. She's way out, way out of her element, but these guys still do anything mm. necessary to it's take kill care of themselves. Mm. Yeah. And, and can we hold that against them? We can't. Well, it's you can, not really when, yeah, when it's revealed that Ali and Joel killed a bunch of their men. It's like, well, yeah. this is the situations you get yourself into in this kind of uh, this kind of environment. Mm. What do you reckon Joel's body count is over the twenty years? <laughs> Jeez, probably. Let alone just the game time. <laughs> oh, God. Like, what do you think know. he's? What do you reckon the first time killing someone was? Like someone that wasn't infected. Do you oh, definitely before the outbreak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm talking post-outbreak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On Route 66 somewhere, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> poor Joel. Yep. So, we wake up as Joel uh, and obviously Ali's gone and we see Joel go to serious this leans into what we just said about Joel being a killer. He he leans into some serious angry torture of some of the gang that he finds. Ooh, uh, tendency tendencies, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's uh this is something that sort of is leaned into in part two as well. Uh but mm. he basically yeah. ties them both up and he gets he asks both of them to mark on the map where exactly where they need to go. And mm. if one of them says the other, uh, you know, if they but if they both say the same thing, then they're both dead. And uh, Joel, he asks the first guy to write down the spot, and he does. Uh, and then he just kills the other guy anyway, I think, <laughs> or something like yeah, that. He, just, yeah, he, something he kills like the fir- he kills the first guy, and then the other guy lying down says, "What are you doing?" He was he told you the answer. Um, and then he didn't ask the other guy, and mm. uh, the dude on the ground's like, "Why? Why?" He didn't even sort of cross check it, and Joel just goes, uh, "I believed him," and then kills the other guy. <laughs> oh. He's on a he's on an actual war path at this point. <laughs> this can we just say from out- the sorry? Yeah. Can we just say from the outset that we don't condone Joel? <laughs> we condone. Uh, we condone a father and daughter caring for one another but we don't condone yes. torture the, the methodology <laughs> methodologies are unorthodox yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's how much Ali means to him at this point he's literally torturing people like a yeah. Nazi for God's sake um, yeah. Ali uh, uses her bite mark as a tool to scare the, David and the gang uh, at some at one point after in the cell well, they're cannibals. Uh, yeah, they are. And Ali, Ali bites David. Bites mm. David's arm. She pulled that's pulled through the cell, um, and then she says that you know you're infected now, whatever. And Ali shows him the biomark, and they're, they're all stunned, of course, mm. trying not to believe it. Uh, but I, I don't actually. When I was going through the game, I didn't, I didn't see. I don't know exactly what bit they reveal about the being cannibals. If you could. Shed no, light well, on that. When, when Ellie wakes up in her cell, she looks over. Yeah. 
um, and they're preparing a corpse. Like they cut off, they're cutting off uh, portions for food. Okay, yeah, because they. Are, it's like it's like a meat locker. Yeah, because these because David says that he'll cut her up into tiny little pieces or something like that. Yeah, it, it, um, psychos. <laughs> well, we think David might be okay and just a yeah victim of circumstance, or well, technically is, and then um. Yeah, we're sort of yeah. You know, I was I was expecting it to be more morally ambiguous. Um, mm. Where we're going? Oh, you know, David's just trying to survive. It's not you know, um, Ali's with him, and hopefully she can escape. But he doesn't seem so bad. And literally, the first uh, shot of her yeah being in the cell when she wakes up is they're cutting a uh, dead man's arm off. <laughs> and you sort of go, uh, right? How's that? She can she can get away from these people, I reckon. And I'll be <laughs> I'll, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and to end off the to end off the winter chapter, unless there's anything else you guys want to say before, there is a insanely intense boss fight with David uh, at like mm-hmm. a burning uh, diner or or something like that. It's like a diner. It's yeah, like a ga- it's like a cat and mouse cat and mouse scenario where it's you got to like get to him three times before he gets to you, and it's so intense. Sneaking so around it while the fire crawls through the building. Yeah, there's a and can't step on the you can't step on the fract you know the the, uh, the broken uh, porcelain or glasses because oh. they'll he'll hear yeah. you and just sprint and, you yeah. know bolt towards you. Oh. oh, he's he's running too. It's like it's crazy. It's mm. he, yeah. The scariest part about the whole thing running. when you go into listen mode and you can just see the white shadow. Normally the enemies are like that, like moving pretty slow. But then when you look at David's shadow, it's just flying across the room. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like Jason Statham. Yeah, it's swimming the Meg. It's actually, it's actually crazy. <laughs> I'm sure there was a much better uh, metaphor for him in like a game scenario, but yeah, that's how quick he is. Mate, that's our token movie reference from this whole bloody podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you defeat David and Ellie is like stabbing the hell out of him on the ground. Like with this massive butcher's knife, like she's just cutting him up to pieces. And Joel comes in like the last moments to um, console her, like a real sort of father-daughter moment, like you know, are you okay? Stop, please, kind of thing. It's mm. the it's a it's a it goes from being an extremely dark and dis- disturbing imagery to you know a relatively nice moment. Yeah. Um, and it, but that's and it's all but it's all spawned from um, Ellie being the most scared we've probably seen her. Yeah. Um, from being the strongest yeah. we've seen her to literally her going, "Holy shit! What have I just done?" And you know, what has my life become? Sort of thing. It's really um, yeah. It's it's re- it's really powerful for multiple reasons. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What what I wrote down was it seems as though Ellie was it just completely unleashes every bit of pent-up rage from being past used as uh, essentially trade bait by Marlene, trying to be mm. palmed off by Joel. When you go back further uh, and you know, when you, if, if, I don't know if we're going to talk about Left Behind, but if you go to Left Behind or even the comic book, constantly being let down by her friends or the, or the people who are supposed to look after her. Left Behind like being. Explodes. The, um, that's the DLC. DLC. The, the prequel DLC to the first game, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is just fully explodes. Yeah, that's a good point. Everything. That's just pent mm. up, pent up aggression, mm. and all that trauma, and she just goes bang and just, mm. for God's sake, bananas. Yeah, Ellie the butcher. Well, I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she turns into David. Not quite. That. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't um I haven't played Left Behind and we didn't necessarily put aside any time to talk about it, but um off the from both of your experiences, if you can quickly can you quickly sum up because you play as Ali in that uh, I'm pretty sure, don't you? In that left behind. Yes. Um so w- yep. what what does that um DLC add to who she is now at this point of the game? Uh um, it's, like it's does, slots in perfectly to where we're is? at. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a reference that doesn't come to the end of the game that it ties directly into, and it's probably the the you've played it well? No. Oh okay. I thought you had. Um, I was hoping it would just never come up and then everyone would think I had. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, so no, I haven't a... played it, but I've heard about it plenty from Tom. Yeah, sure. Um, well, yeah, that's definitely true. I can confirm. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh, there's, there's a reference that, that, that happens at the very end of the game, which maybe I can talk to when we get to that part because it'll make much more sense. But for the other sort of half of the DLC, is actually showing part of what Ellie did to get Joel to the house after he was impaled. So it actually ties in really well to where we're at now. Uh, and, you, and you work through like a shopping centre uh, to find some more like bandages and you essentially look for a health kit. Um, and then uh, in between the period of Ellie getting Joel out of the uni and into the house where you find him at the start of the you know, when we, when we first see him here in, this, in the winter chapter, uh, he was kind of, well, Ali had him sort of holed up in, in this um, like empty tenancy in a, in a shopping centre uh, and people, and presumably it's sort of hard to know, but it would make sense if it was um, the, like David's guys who that they just um, just killed at the, at the uni. They're all in, the, they've sort of got to the shopping centre and then you've got to fight your way back down with the, uh, with the medicine that you get at, at the, you kind of go up and back and work your way through the same areas twice. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, so Left Behind takes place during the first game as well. Well, yes. not all. Not all. It's it about half, prequel. half. Okay. There's about half that is, which well. is, yeah, what we can come back to. But, um, yeah, the other half is literally basically in between the end of a full autumn chapter and the start of the winter. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, yep, yep. Cool. Yeah, nice. I actually didn't even know that. I don't yeah. think you ever said that. I I just heard about right. Ali. Just, and, just um, talked about the other part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll make more sense if we talk about it at the end. Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. That rounds out. Uh, what's what season? That rounds out winter, and it leaves us with the season of spring, which is the final act of the game, which is actually pretty short. Yeah. yeah. We finally yeah. made it to Salt finally Lake made City. To Salt Lake City. Yeah. And um and a brilliant little uh brilliant little opening scene where they uh that is like a they see giraffes walking through Salt Lake Salt Lake City. They actually see some wildlife and some greenery and it's uh you know, it's all it's all set up to be you know, they've finally got there and it's beautiful. They reach their destination, you know? Mm. Well um Just just before that, can I just jump in and just add something just before you get to that point? Uh there's when you first start walking, like you actually go back to plane in that um, chapter, you got to do the oh, the normal uh, Joel chuck Ellie up on a thing and get the ladder or whatever. Uh, but there's a few conversations between Joel and Ellie because Joel keeps turning around and Ellie's kind of 
you know, kicking rocks along the ground and sort of just uh, given not a full effort to, to get the job done. And then she ends mm. up sitting down and just sort of looks all sulky. And it seems as a bit of a, uh, she seems bummed for lack of a better word about what's just going on with, in, with the David situation, how it all ended. She's noticeably uh, sad, maybe. Yeah. Well, she's probably sad because she knows that, the end of the the end of their journey is coming up pretty close as well and she doesn't want it to end and i mm. actually i just brought up the thing with the giraffes but uh in that same scene or just before it or or whatever uh joel has basically has second thoughts about what they're doing and he asks ali if she wants to go through still wants to go through with it uh and it, and she he says that they have a place they have a home back at tommy's in jackson if they really want it but, you know joel's you know he's gone from uh, just wanting to get to palm off Ali through the whole game to being completely afraid of losing her at this point. <laughs> to the extent where he'll be happy to put aside 10 years of being at odds with his brother. Yeah. Well, yeah, to go back to Tommy's, yeah, for sure. Mm. Mm. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and in that opening scene as well, when they are just walking into the city along the, the bridge of the highway, um, Joel starts off by actually... Wanting to teach, uh, telling Ali he'll teach her guitar once they're all done. Mm. Yep. Um, and but yeah, and, and as you yeah, as you touched on, Tom, we we start seeing Ali losing a bit of focus as she as she's starting to like sort of process all their struggles throughout winter, and mm. you know Joel can see that and we can feel mm. it. It's um, finally starting to take a toll. <laughs> yeah. After all this yeah. time, <laughs> this fifteen-year-old is finally actually being a fifteen-year-old. <laughs> like, imagine copying all that. Um. But then, yeah, and then those giraffes come and it's like, um, you know, she runs off like a little, all of a sudden she snaps out of her um, sort of stupor, this uh, bad mood she's in, um, and she's a kid again. She's, it's, um, it's, a re- yeah, it's a really beautiful scene um, where she gets runs and pats the giraffe, which she's never seen before, um, and the music's equally as nice as well. We've got the violin and the piano, mm. um, which really perfect this scene. Um mm. And and then yeah, that's and I think that that's where Joel comes in and then says to Ali that you know she doesn't have to do this and um you know but she says it can't all be for nothing um yeah she's yeah. so she's just so strong and you can just see that Joel admires her immensely mm-hmm. um for I'm not, this yeah yeah I'm not sure what I'm not really sure what happens from here uh if anyone knows because I. Uh, I think I just missed it when I was when I was watching it back, but I I saw that Joel tries to resuscitate Allie at some point coming up. But is there anything important that happens before that? Well, or is it literally there, there, just a bit of um, you know a bit of combat and traversal between to get to the location? It, it, well, it is mostly traversal. And Tom, you jump in if I um, if I miss anything. But it's um, like we see them going through some abandoned sort of army camps and things like that. Um, but it's mostly about the dialogue as well. Um, as we, yeah, it's more of an exploration thing um, mm-hmm. because... There's one very, very important thing that we haven't brought up yeah. in, in well, and this those might, army camps. Yeah, Sorry, this might be... Up. Yeah, it might be, yeah. Um, and it's Joel starts answering Ali's questions about Sarah. If, yeah, um, because Ali, Ali took the photo from Tommy and still yes. had the photo and gave the photo to Joel. Yeah, ah. yeah. So she brings out the photo of um, that Tommy, uh, yeah, that offered. Um, 
Yeah, and Joel and, pushed back on. Mm. Yeah, and now I think she says, um, I can't remember the exact question, but, you know, Ali again says, uh, you know, sorry, Joel, I can't imagine how hard it would be. And he, mm. and he doesn't ignore it. He actually acknowledges um, what she said. And he does mm. answer a question about Sarah, which previously she'd been trying to get in. And we wanted her to want him to answer. We want to see what he feels, how he feels. Yeah. Even though he knows, but we him to talk about it. And um, yeah, it's a really, that's a, that's probably, a, that's a huge moment, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Joel, yeah, how far have they come? Mm. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they've been, they've been traveling together at this point for uh, at least, at least six to, six to nine months. Uh, so, mm. like, it makes, you know, you would assume by this point that Joel would be okay talking to her. They've been speaking for so long. But uh, the fact that he uh, answers questions about Sarah and is upfront with her is, uh, means means a lot to not only Ali but to the player as well because you just want to see them. You, you want to see Joel get those things off his chest because you can tell it's burning inside of him. Mm. Uh, and he finally finds comfort in someone to be able to say it. So, it's, uh, it's, not, it's a nice scene all around for everybody. Yeah. And I did want it to be more. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted him to say more. Or Ali to ask another question, but she, no, I think knowing that he'd actually answered a question, she decided, oh, that's a pretty big achievement for him. I'll yeah. uh, leave him. Do you yeah. remember the question, Tom? Exactly what the question was? No, I don't actually. Um, yeah. The only one question I um, remember is it's, and it's not about. He, uh, she asked one question about Sarah, but then she also said, "Were you married?" And Joel mm-hmm. says, "For a little while." And then mm. um, Ellie says something like, what happened? Uh, or something, I don't know what happened, something like that. Uh, and he kind of said, that's enough. And yeah, I was okay. like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, so it's sort of a one little step forward, but it's a big step, really. And does Ellie, uh, what what happens here? Because Joel tries to resuscitate it. Is she, does she, is she drowning or? Yeah. No, I, yes, she does drown. So they get swept under this in, in a bus in under this um, yeah, so, tunnel. Yeah, the so Joel Ellie gets across all safe and sound, and yep. then as Joel's about to jump out of uh, the trains, I think it's like an underground train station thing. Yeah, um, the usually, usually is. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um, <laughs> because it's all overrun. There's like a river running through there. Uh, and as Joel goes to jump out, the trains collapse. Joel goes in the water, down, and ultimately is going to drown. So yeah. what happens is Allie actually, even though she doesn't know how to swim, she jumps into the water to try and get Joel out. So yeah, Allie was okay. essentially as essentially drowned trying to then save Joel doing something yeah. she doesn't know how to do. What a legend. Because seeing Joel try Indeed. to resuscitate her, he's like, he's flipping out. Um and it's it's like serious desperation to try and keep her alive. And I think at this point, it's you could easily argue that it's not desperation because they're so close to finishing uh, that mission. It's more desperation that you know there's no way he can lose her and the bond that they've created. Mm. And yeah, and while he's doing that, he says um, uh, he says something like, "Come on, baby girl," which is exactly what he yeah. was saying to Sarah at the start yeah. of the game as she was yeah. dying. It sort of comes all the way around and he, Oof. in a way, in that moment, is essentially reliving that again. Thinking yeah. it's gonna, the same oh, thing's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, good, 
good call. Yeah. Mm. God. Isn't Full that on. sad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So from here, we wake up in the St. Mary's Hospital. Correct? Correct. Yep. And Ellie's chosen to go under, um, go into surgery to find a cure. Yeah. So Joel wakes up on his own with Marlene. Is Marlene, Marlene there? Yep. Yeah. Marlene's there. Yep. Yeah. And, and she has some uh, bad news. Yeah. Uh, well, I think one, I don't, you know, it's hard to remember the whole conversation, but of course she tells Joel that the only way to get this vaccine is for Ellie to die during the surgery and Joel's having none of that. And one thing that uh, Marlene says is, don't waste this gift, Joel. And I think, you know, how do you, how do you guys interpret that? I think obviously the gift is that one one way of looking at it is that the vaccine is going to save millions and millions of people. But I think, you know, she could also be talking about the time that they both spent with this little girl that obviously meant a lot to both of them and that, you know, they've they've earned this or something. I don't know how you guys interpret it. Well, do you want to go first, Luke? No, you go. You go. Ultimately, the, the gift isn't saving the world. The gift is saving Ellie. So, like, as we know, John doesn't care about anybody else <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. much. So, he's, he's lived this long with everything else, complete chaos. Uh, and finally, after all this time, there's something that is a positive. And keeping that, be, being Ellie, keeping Ellie alive is, is the gift in his eye. That's the way I'll say it. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, I mean, uh, yeah. So, like, that Joel interprets it as, you know, yeah, it's almost triggering for him because <laughs> because mm. Marlene says, "Don't waste this gift of creating a vaccine." And in Joel's mm. mind, it's like, "Well, there's no way I can let this little girl leave my life now because she's the gift that I didn't expect." But if yeah. you want to say something, Luke, you go. I cut back in. No, no, no. <laughs> no I I agree. That's um yeah. two very different um interpretations um from Marlene and for Joel. Mm. what the gift is like obviously marlene yeah meant it it's it's uh the cure to save everyone and joel's sort of gone yeah you're right it is a gift and uh yep a gift to me <laughs> i'm taking my <laughs> gift <laughs> <laughs> well he's pretty brutal about attacking the uh attacking the fireflies and getting out of there to the surgery room like he like he oh, pumps yeah. a few bullets into this guy in the in the His room they're in and yeah oh geez he's he's livid he's not he's not letting ellie die this. Well, all the pieces are in place, and we can we can see exactly where it leads as soon as um as soon as we know that Ellie's got to die to save everyone, and this game is so um so heavy, <laughs> we just know that Angry Joel is bad news, and <laughs> he's not he's not going to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mate, the gunslinger um, is back. <laughs> oh yeah, and and you just um I mean, what's the right move? You'd be hard pressed to not say saving everyone, but good luck ever making that decision. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know how you guys felt about the about this like final scene, well, one of the final scenes, but the this most important scene. But when I when we got up to this, when I got up to the surgery room, the surgery ward, and busted in there, it took me like it took me a good like 10 seconds to really fathom what the hell I actually had to do right now. 
I just stood yeah, there. Like, I just stood there, and I I just couldn't even figure out what I was doing. I was like, with the unarmed, what um, with the unarmed, yeah, yeah. And they're that. like, please don't hands up. And then, and then the the shotgun comes up, and I realised, and I was like, you actually kidding me? Like, there's no, you don't, there's no choice here. Like, this is the way you have to do it, and it is so gut wrenching yeah. to do this thing. Like, it, it, as much as saving Ali is like the most important thing. This this choice that is made for you but this choice that Joel Max is uh man there's nothing yeah. there's nothing like it in another video game is there you seeing, have to kill the this. guy who's trying to save the world <laughs> yeah yeah but you don't, uh, you don't even know the ram- you don't even know the ramifications yet and oh Christ I know we can't Shock- even knock him out <laughs> shocking to think, yeah, to think that just punch him just punch him and let him wake <laughs> yeah. up in a couple of hours <laughs> yeah oh no and does he have to t- shoot them fuck <laughs> to think that in this moment, um, as well, that this was, you know, as heavy as heavy as it is, this moment actually gets heavier um, as you go through the second game. Mm. This this is like yep. the biggest. This causes this moment causes the most grief of any moment in in the entire uh, in both games. Because when you first forward. play it, when you first play this um, moment. You don't understand the ramifications it has for part two. No, you know you understand it's heavy know, in, in the moment, but in not the moment for it's just long. like I can't believe this is actually happening. Literally yeah. shooting surgeons to, <laughs> to to get Ali out of here. They're about to create a vaccine to potentially save the world from this pandemic, and Joel makes the decision to shoot them and, and run with it, like run with Ali out of there. It's like it's such a, it's such a it just tears you apart that moment. Yeah. Um, and as you, um, I mean, yeah, in saving Ali, you've condemned the world, and um, mm. you know that this is, you know, that given how long Joel, Joel has hung on to previous things that have happened, I just, um, yeah, I just knew that this was never going to leave him. It's re- it's really bittersweet. Um, mm. And as he picks, as he, um, and what is, I think, I don't, might call her baby girl again when he picks her up, or he, or he says, um, yeah, I'm going to get you out of here. I, I, I'm gonna I get think you. so. Yeah. I'm going to get you out of here, kiddo, mm. or something like that. Um, as yep. he picks her up, um, and he's just running through the hospital with her in his arms, and the music really picks up. Um, yeah, and it, it makes you feel so torn. Uh, it's really uncomfortable. Well, um, it, all, all the acts makes, that he does, so uncomfortable. Yeah, all the acts that he does throughout the game, uh, you can almost you can try to justify them, but this is like it's literally just one step too far. Even mm. even even though you're saving Ali, <laughs> it's like, man, that's not. I don't think that was Joel's decision to make. No, nah. you know. Well, there are but, other ways he could have got Ali out of there. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, he could have the surgeon out. He, he could have done <laughs> it in a less violent way for sure. Mm. <laughs> well, but I, I, I think time was time was of the essence too, though, because mm. he, he everyone was trying to, to shoot him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to take, chasing him. He had to get yeah. Ali out of there through the whole bloody hospital yep. full of fireflies. So I don't think he had the luxury of yeah. just uh, doing a little skip de do one two on the place. Just going three floors of people shooting at you to get there. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, just brutal. Just brutal. Well, it's um, and I don't think you had to when I played it because I, when I was watching the the replay as a refresher. The player I was watching, so you have to go past the first surgeon who's got the scalpel. I think he might come at you with the scalpel. I can't remember, but you you, you shoot him um, as we've said. But then there's the two assistants 
Um, and I didn't touch them. I don't think you had to touch them. Um, so I no. left them. But in this replay, and it made it so much heavier. Um, this as this person played, they actually went up to the one assistant, slammed the head into the wall, went up to the other who was cowering in the corner and kicked them straight in there. Oh, that's so bad. And killed. And I just went, wow! I did not think this moment could get any worse. But yeah, I'm glad awful. I'm a better human being than this person who was playing this one. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> I only shot I only shot the main surgeon and I didn't even want to. I like I didn't even want to pull the trigger. I just stood there. <laughs> I and the first time joking. I played it, I shot all of them. Just ruthless. <laughs> full full <laughs> job. And but I, I didn't realise that you didn't have to do that until the second time I played it and I stood there for a little second after I shot the dock and the other two were still just standing there. I was like what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, you, you redeemed yourself by correcting it the next time. This, yeah, the second time I didn't do it, but I was, um, it wasn't until then that I realised and clearly it's too late then, isn't it? Yeah. And, but, but the crazy thing is actually in about this moment and how torn we are um, being forced to kill someone we don't want to, it's actually um, probably not as heavy as the finale of um, the second game where we're forced to do something um, quite similar, and it's we, you just can't stop yourself. The game, these games really steer you into the uncomfortable zones, and they yep. don't give you a choice. They give the character a choice, but you, hundred percent, as the character, can only do one thing. Um, yeah, and it's, um, it's it's really well. Yeah, both um, both uh, both sequences that you just talked about. I uh, I literally took my hand off the controller. <laughs> yeah, both both endings. So we'll just talk about part just, two in the part B. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shocking. And it's I guess if people are listening and people would be listening to this, thinking, why would you play it? It's so it's such a negative, uh, heavy experience. Um, but to be honest, it's the it's the the, the partnership um, that's in this and the oh. Just how good these two characters are written together to like completely coexist. Um, like yeah. one would not be one anything without the other. It's just so incredible. Um, and the gameplay is really good, by the way. <laughs> it's worth touching and saying that the gameplay is really it's a really great game to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. But we're obviously here to yeah. talk about the characters. Um, <laughs> and these are the just the uh, two of the, the best, most well written characters around, bar a couple in you know Red Dead Redemption Two, <laughs> um, and you know a few other games like that. Um, I think the, incredible. I think uh, as yeah as brutal and as uh, disturbing as the imagery and uh, sequences in this game can be, and part two, or more so this game, but uh, the 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 story that you follow along with the two characters is actually really rewarding, like oh, yeah. seeing seeing their relationship grow over time and uh, them coming together and depending on each other is a really rewarding thing to play at play through an experience in a game as you know mm. no matter the ending but uh yeah i think that's that's why you play it like this as we said before you know <laughs> when we were 19 we might not have we might not have uh really respected the story of this game we would have played it for the action because the action's oh, mate, great all of those doctors were dead in when we were 19 <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah we would have been asking how many we both killed yeah no, uh, oh, no. Nah, now we can really, we can really appreciate the the writing and the effort that went into it, like the 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 thought process of these games, the way they're they're put together. Amazing. 
amazing. But you don't have the positivity of what the Ellie and Joel outcome is without the horrific negative of everything else. Because yeah. it, no. it would still be there, but it doesn't stand out as clearly as it does. When If everything else was just normal, it would just be a normal you know, Saturday night yeah. movie. But yeah, because yeah. everything else is so crap, it really jumps off the page, so to speak. And, yeah. In, and if you ever think it's not positive enough, just watch that um, Collingwood and Geelong match from Saturday 29th, May. <laughs> it was... <laughs> That'll that'll make the game seem the, the greatest experience of all time. <laughs> the result was right. That was all that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> um, but move, sh- anyway, moving moving on go. from yeah. Sorry, you go, you go. Oh, no, I was just going to say, move, moving on from um, this because we've still got we've still got some finish. We've still got some spring to finish here. Um, yeah. Okay. We, we head down to the basement. Um, oh and- yes. It gets yeah. worse. The moment mm-hmm. the moment's really difficult already, but the moment gets worse as Joel um, comes across Marlene, who's trying to stop him and ask, you know, what did you do, Joel? Um, yeah. And um, as he drives out of the city with Ali stirring in the back seat, unconscious and coming to from her surgery, um, and Ali's asking, you know, what happened and everything. It flashes back to Joel shooting Marlene. Yep. To stop her. Either following him or passing people, passing on to people that you know um, that Ali's um, the secret to a cure, so nobody else comes for her. Um, yeah, well, uh, Joel says that to Marlene that uh, she, like he shoots her because uh, she'll just come after Ali if she stays alive. Yeah, so it's like it, it all, tying up all the loose ends, you know, bang, 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 and <laughs> and we're off to live um, our life. In the post-apocalypse. <laughs> and the biggest, the trigger for all of the struggles to come in um, part two is Ali asks um, what happened and Joel blatantly lies to her and says that they couldn't find a cure. They yep. didn't need her because there's other immune people out there and the entire trip wasn't worth it. Yeah. And Ali, he swears to her. Ali believes him and... In that moment, Ali's lost. She has no purpose now. She just looks. She rolls over in the back seat, almost to, in a fetal position. Yep. And Joel is guilty as hell, <laughs> and it eats him. It eats him for like the years to come. I tell you, who it eats up is the player. Actually, eats you alive. That what what you just had to do, and then the fact that Joel blatantly lies to her in the car like that. You actually you feel bad because it's almost like oh, I did this. <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, I was forced into it. <laughs> yeah, and as we're in the in the epilogue, um, as they get back to where they're going near Jackson, we presume, or walking back to Jackson. Yeah, Ali says, "Swear to me, you said swear to me everything you said about the fireflies is true." And it's clearly eating at her, and Joel says, "I swear." Um. And we know now that that's a yeah. that's a secret that it's, it's going to come back to bite him, and yeah. it's, it's something he's going to have to take to his grave. Ali says, "Okay, oh, that's the last yeah. uh, last yeah, line." Of the, I don't the think Ali thing, but she's skeptical. She, yeah, she's skeptical as hell. She's mm. skept, she's skeptical, mm. but she wants to believe him. Yeah, that moment in the epilogue was like the biggest driving factor for me to want to play part two 
I remember when part two was coming out, there was a, a few trailers leading up to it in the month before and there was a few um, a few scenes within the trailer where Joel, you could see Joel and Ellie uh, speaking and, and, and like having a sort of argument or looking upset and then there's uh, in the same scene, it cuts back and Ellie's walking away from Joel like crying. And I remember seeing that in the Last of Us 2 trailer and I would just always think back to the to the epilogue in part one and think, oh, my God, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle those two. <laughs> like, because Ali's going to find out. It's just mm. going to be awful. Yeah, you know, it was never, it was never, oh, I can't wait to see, you know, to feel the, to, to do the new gameplay and, and shoot the shotgun and things. It was always, I can't wait to see, uh, I can't wait to see what happens between Joel and Ali. <laughs> and, um, and we can't wait to get into part two of The Last of Us because, um, yeah. We don't really need to summarize this game um, at this point of the episode because, as we said at the, off the top, the the two games are hand in hand and flow straight into each other. So we can't really, um, I don't think, um, appropriately sum up what's happened to these characters without just going straight into part two. Yep. Yeah, I think check out part uh, episode ten B uh, and hear hear our thoughts on part two. It's all going to link and come back together, but. Before, while we while we're finishing up, why don't we just? I just want to say to you guys, is this game a bona fide ten out of ten? Yep, part one is just yes. a ten out of ten. Yep, I just want to say because I think it is too. It's a great game. Yeah, Amazing. definitively it's fantastic. Yeah, yes, De- definitively. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, everyone, stay tuned for part B. Ten B can coming I come back your for way. Part B? Yeah, you can come back. Just stay oh, where you are. Yeah, don't go anywhere. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> That's a terrible. I think you're all right. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> all, right, all right, see you guys in part B. Let's talk about part two. See you fellas at part B. Bye bye.